Looks like we have visitors. Let's hope they come in peace. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a Fanboy, baby I'm a nerd overdrive I will always survive Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, safely having passed through Cinco de Mayo, Derek McCaw. Yes, indeed. We are podcasting on Siete de Mayo. Yes. So far, we got through the Revenge of the Sith as well. Uh, and so, uh, this we are podcasting from the Brett Cave at, let's see, once again, 7.41 p.m., Probably wrapping it's up good around, to have that be precise. Uh, around 9.31 p.m. <laughs> Therefore, we are only responsible for news that happened up until the 7th of May at 7.31 p.m. And even then, we're probably going to miss yeah, stuff because there's the just road, too I much. I was watching the news. Uh, it, the news. The, the, the actual real important the weather, stuff. The weather. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the rainfall. It was that's, raining in California. Because there are Californians panicking. It's a secret war. <laughs> <laughs> it's the convergence. It's the crisis. Anyway, uh, yeah. So here we are. And we... It, it is just the two of us here at the Brett Cave tonight. Uh, we are, uh, unfortunately, without Nate. Perhaps he'll be able to dial in later. We, He's we don't in know. show business. Well, and that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. Someone's got to feed the bear, yeah. and it's Nate. All right, so I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And across from me, uh, literally hosting here at the table, the podcast producer and moral compass. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. We got a lot of comics news. We got a lot of movie news. We got a lot of television news. And right before we started recording, we were just getting worked up about about the news and how and how that the geek news people are getting as as completely bent out of shape as the real. Like I can't tell the difference as to what's important anymore. Right. Right. And right, I'm not right. exaggerating when I say someone tried to impeach me this afternoon on my feed on my Facebook feed. I see more passion about about comics to film than I do about oh over 3,000 people dead in Nepal yeah. or, of course, the uh, martial law being instituted in Texas, which is as crazy to me as the... <laughs> hey, I thought they were all safe because they're all carrying guns. Shh. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I had to agree with John Stewart this week. I, I, I will not say much, but much politically. I don't like to say things politically on this podcast, but regardless of political belief... I want to – I'm going to go on record as saying I respect former Texas Governor Rick Perry this week for being the only Republican presidential can- – or likely Republican presidential candidate who actually stood up and said this thing about, about Marshall Jade – Jade Eagle, Jade Hawk 15 or whatever the the training exercise in Texas is yeah. that – for standing up and saying – you don't you don't question the troops. You can question the government, and I do quite often. But you do not question the troops and their need to run 
exercises, which the governor of Texas has actually called out the Texan National Guard to make sure that the people are safe from this impending takeover, just to make keep an eye on things. So uh, I have not agreed with much that Rick Perry has said, uh, but I've noticed this this year in particular that the guy does have leadership. I probably will not agree with him if he's if he's if he makes it to a presidential bid, but I respect him. There. I just noticed you're you're wearing a bone free speech yes t-shirt comic book legal defense fund t-shirt from comic con yeah. last year so that was the, the visual with you leaning over the microphone and that was was oh, i wish we had a photograph <laughs> i wish we had yep my eyes have seen the glory of coming okay. of the bone <laughs> no don't oh rick you it's sullied jeff smith's it. bone from you sullied it classics it's in scholastic may you know? i know it's not scholastic mag i don't even know if there is a scholastic magazine anymore well, you know, graphics but there's a spec used know. to have a catalog used to look i know i know but that's that was a long time ago it's all online anyway now. we got some comics news we got some movies news we got television news i want to say we did have a follow-up uh, that someone who's tangentially associated with Fanboy Planet did and correctly answer the trivia question from last week. Repeat the question. We were talking about convergence and and crisis on infinite earths and where the monitor came from. And I and I asked, said you know um, that I mentioned that convergence didn't you know felt like it sort of came out of nowhere. Although they, I, I want to amend some of that statement that they there had been a few hints, but it wasn't line wide that convergence was going to happen. Clearly, futures end was leading towards convergence clearly the earth two weekly book which i don't remember the title of i've got all the issues but i haven't read them yet uh was leading towards it uh and and the booster gold in the futures end that special very clearly tied in yeah but it wasn't like crisis and infinite earth where the monitor appeared line wide in 1984 and i asked because there there had been an accident you always you uh, there had been a mistake editorially. You had always seen the monitor in the monitor ship, which was a golden sphere that we hang because he was comparing like what were the strengths of heroes versus villains and what teams did he want to create. And you didn't know what he was doing. He was just popping up in books all over the place. And you'd occasionally see him from the back. Like a the shadow. monitor was, again, he was a very tall, you know, heavily armored, booted guy with like cornrow hair. He had cornrow hair, yeah. yeah. But you didn't know that till the revelation. Later. Well, the monitors, kind are, of the monitors are there now pink, in, purple in the skin. multiversity. Uatan is the last the last monitor. Yeah. Um, in the orrery of the 52, according to Grant Morrison. But the actual first monitor um, was appearing in books for like a year, year and a half. But only one book where there was editorial mistake they showed what he actually looked like. They had a full-on shot of the monitor, and I said, and I asked, which, which book? book was it? Troy Benson. Oh my! I do think he had to go to the. I'm not sure that he had to go to the internet. He guessed first, and then he confirmed. At least he did the homework, and then he did the homework and confirmed and sent me the link. It was. Did you have a guess? By the way, before I, I was going to say Teen Titans, but GI Combat. Really? Number 276. Was that with the Unknown Soldier or? Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock? Okay. Sergeant Rock. So, uh, although I think it may have actually been uh, in the Losers feature, like both of them were in there. So, okay. um, but, but Troy sent me to the resource and I couldn't confirm what story or like what panel uh, because apparently there's this huge monitor appearance database in, process, in really? progress and it says you can click on each issue to see a summary and where the monitor appeared but they've while they have all the appearances they've only got like two or three links live 
to like there's an issue of teen titans click and the monitor was seen doing you know so it, it's funny how nobody's interested in doing that with pandora <laughs> what oh gosh you'd forgotten oh you? no because that is an issue i i you know we, I, we mentioned last week also with with convergence that there's that whole thing where there keep being these offhand references to this new 52 version is the way the dc universe was always supposed to look uh-huh. there's a strange editorial arrogance then I'm not even sure that editorial is aware they're doing or doing on purpose. I think it's just sort of this swagger that has gone into create- creators. I blame Bill Jameis way back when in Marvel and Joe Quesada as a carryover and Dan DiDio. As much as I like Dan and I always have to say that, uh, like I know him. But, I mean, my encounters with him have always been like this is a guy passionate about comics. I love Jeff Johns. But there's a swagger that I just don't like that's an exaggeration of Stan Lee but Stan Lee was good natured. These guys are like they don't understand that their swagger's coming out. It's kind of like crapping on the past. I think sometimes you have to they they have to convince themselves. You know, they have Maybe. to they have to make a strong enough case that they believe it too, and they make because because sales definitely reflect that. Yeah. Oh wait, they don't. Okay. So anyway, uh, Troy, good to win. And so this actually leads into my other thing we talked about. It's a follow up about Jerry Conway last week, who brought to light on his Tumblr blog, uh, Tumblr page, this whole thing. About, uh, if you recall, I hate to like, like, go back and listen to last week's podcast. But uh, if you recall, we were talking about how Jerry Conway realized that that there was this policy in place for, for creator compensation if their characters got used in another media. Right. Medium by uh, that they had to be kind of proactive and identify and recognize ahead of time that it was going to be used. But Paul Levitz and Jeanette Kahn had... As he point, as Terry Conway kind of updated and I talked a little bit more about it, realized, oh yeah, th- this makes sense. That Jeanette Kahn, who had been the publisher of DC in the, uh, I guess she came in in the late seventies, early eighties, yeah, and I think she had worked for Scholastic. So there's an interesting little connection to our earlier thing, right? Uh, uh, but uh, she and Paul Levitz had kind of taken what the Writers Guild rules for oh. screenwriting were that is like if you created. Uh, if you had created, because uh, I just watched it this week, twenty uh, t- the characters in Twenty One Jump Street, right? But Twenty Two Jump Street happened without your participation. You would still get a credit saying created by, based on characters and concepts created by Rick Bretschneider, who did not, by the way, create Twenty One Jump Street. A funny story Stephen, about that. That was Stephen J. Cannell, uh, God rest his soul. And uh, and you would still get some compensation because you created the characters, even right. if the studio had gone forward with a project. Is it like a base compensation in that yeah. case? Kind of like like when you work for SAG. And- it's a it's a little um, yeah, it's a little residual okay. for having created it, and your characters have a life beyond what you did. So um, that's what Paul Levitz and Jeanette Com were trying to make make happen. And uh, so apparently what had come up was this weird circular thing where and I think I can understand, I can get this now, is that Killer Frost, this is the right. flashpoint because, because Jerry Conway created Firestorm. Right. Okay, and I think that may have also have, came up because he created Firestorm, who is now definitely a character on the on CW. The yeah. Um, I'm saying on this interview because he's he's bigger than the Flash now. I know, but we'll I get know, that. We'll get we'll get Soon. there. Soon he will be. Soon. Um, but uh, that he created Firestorm. That was no question. He created Felicity Smoke, who was used in a completely different role. Felicity Smoke in the comics was 
Ronnie Raymond's mother. She's now just Arrow's smoking hot, not just, um, but uh, sidekick, and I guess just became love she's, interest finally. Oh, uh, for for a couple episodes now. For love a couple episodes, but for I, Ray Palmer. No, apparently no. Oh, that's over. You're a couple episodes behind. Okay. I, I'm like two and a half seasons behind, and I'm up to date on the Felicity Smoke. I'm three episodes shipping. behind. I'm I'm on the shipping train. Okay, I'm three anyway. episodes behind on Arrow, but I'm up to date on Flash. Good. The last time the, I saw them was when the right, crossover. Right, right, but things happened since yeah, because so. Ray Palmer has to go to another show. So we'll got we'll talk to talk about that. But anyway, Felicity Smoke is there another Jerry Conway can, uh, creation. But the the flashpoint, pardon the pun, is actually in Caitlin Snow, who is helping in Star Labs on the Flash, right? And who is the secret identity or the original identity of, of Killer, Killer Frost, Frost. Yeah. in the New Fifty Two? She's not either of the other two Killer Frosts that existed. Pre New Fifty Two from the older fl- uh, from the fear from the, from the older Firestorm. So she was like the first or second villain for Firestone. Yeah, she's the second because the one that actually they used on the Flash, the one that could uh, multiple multiplex. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Was the multiple, first the DC his, version of Multiple Man? He was caught in the same accident. So yeah. while R- Ronnie and Martin fused, he was fission. So they had okay. the two, you know, uh, villains yeah, yeah, that were yeah. opposites, right? Anyway, so be, uh, because she was going to be Killer Frost, he he's. Jerry Conway is saying, well, do I get some compensation because I created that concept? They said, no, she's a derivative character uh, because she's not the original identity. And I'm I'm blanking right now on who the original identity of Killer Frost was. Uh, but it's Caitlin something, and they changed the name uh, so for the new 52. Anyway, so then he went further talking to whoever's in charge of compensation. And I want to stress, this is away from editorial. This is away from Dan DiDio and Jim Lee, the chief creative officer uh, or chief executive officers, publishers of, of DC. Um, so he said, all right, so if I didn't create her, then if you turn her in, so then are the, uh, are the writers of the Firestorm reboot that named, that created Caitlin Snow, are they getting co- compensation? It's Crystal Frost. Crystal Frost. Okay. So, you change Crystal to Kate, Crystal Crystal Frost to Caitlin Snow, and it, she was a student of Martin uh, Stein. Says I knew she yeah. had been a love interest. And she she had fallen in love with him. She was jilted, yeah. and so uh, so she said. It, so it, are they compensated for creating Caitlin Snow? And the answer back is no, because she's a derivative character of Crystal Frost. And so he's like, ah, so we've got this loop yeah. where no one is getting compensated. He says, I can't get, I get, can't get compensation because, she, because she's not the character I created. Right. She's a derivative character or she's her own original character when it comes when to you're doing compensating me. Right. But when it comes to compensating the guy that created that, no, right. her character right. is derivative. So uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee uh, released a statement earlier this week. And uh, investigated, and they reached out to uh, Jerry Conway and said, as far as we know, things had not changed. We were going to – the the compensation for creators was the same as it had always been. And and Jerry Conway, I thought, released a really great statement 
back as well saying these guys they were willing to talk to me even though probably my original post was 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 rather critical and a little harsh but we had a really good conversation he says i want to say they, they, they were great guys before they're great guys now and what this is is a case of institution of processes kind of like settling and no one is really noticing how it's getting interpreted until someone calls it out so it does seem like it's everything's going to be okay he's yeah. that everybody who's involved in whatever iteration of killer frost because caitlin uh, because the the act daniel Pennett baker had said she was going to become killer frost at the end of the season that may may or may not be true but regardless it's clear that she's aware that that's the arc for her character. And so everyone involved in that creation, Jerry Conway and people for the new 52 will get some kind of compensation. What's even more interesting is as a result of, of talking Dan DiDio and Jim Lee said, um, our new 52 version of firestorm really hasn't hit and stuck. So now they're talking to Jerry Conway about how they might bring back, <laughs> 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 the original By the way, version of Firestorm. Can we give you even more money? Well, yeah. I mean, knowing that in June the whole approach oh, is, sure. is it's it's is, fluid now. Let's create a let's create a version of the character that people actually want to read, and so I think that's great. It's yeah. just funny that the story has gone so full circle that Jerry Conway, who had done a couple of books, I think in Convergence, written at least one of the Convergence crossover titles. Um, is now getting back to what is probably his biggest, well, the most important thing Jerry Conway did in comics history was, of course, kill Gwen Stacy. But uh, <laughs> because that changed everything. Maybe, okay. That I mean, as Note far as history, as far as history goes, yeah. that's what's going to be most okay. important. Uh, he most remembered for it. He probably doesn't want to be, but as a character creator, yeah. the thing he's probably, the character that I think has probably had the most longevity is firestorm so uh i think that's spider gwen says don't 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 let him write my book oh geez apparently there are rumors that spider gwen's gonna get more than one book yeah post secret wars i mean on the one hand it's like that it's great yeah on one hand it's insane i wanted to say that it's like boom she's exploded so wildly right it is great it's a book that I didn't. I thought, oh, it's fun. I liked it, but I did. It wasn't enough for me. But again, it doesn't have to be for it's not me. For you, yeah. And and the amount of, I still felt that Big Wow didn't have a lot of co as much cosplay as the year before. But at WonderCon, how many Spider Gwens I saw walking around? Yeah. I think Comic Con is going to be just, pardon the pun, crawling with Spider Gwens. You know, and and I, I, I it would be interesting to see if Silk and Spider Gwen outnumber actual spider-man interesting at comic-con so i yeah yeah i don't know about silk i don't know about the standing. i don't think she's hit quite yeah. which is weird because i think she's selling very well i'm buying them all but but i don't think i don't think that as a character she's hit quite the same way yeah that spider gwen did so i think it's also maybe slightly an, an easier costume to wear because of the hood thing and to, yeah. to create but yeah. but it's just she's she's cool she's kick ass it's great i'm 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 all for um so let us uh, go back over to Marvel as we as we were. And uh, you mentioned uh, to me earlier that uh, next week we finally get the realization, the reveal of who the who Thor, is. the woman, the the worthy, the current Thor, the current Thor. Yes. 
And you uh, speculate. So I have no speculation because I only read the first issue. So I was just going over like the number, the female. I you know part of me just does it does it by the book because I don't think it has any meaning if it's somebody we've never seen before. It's Agnes Sweetheart from Iowa. It's the Steve Ditko argument <laughs> right. for, for Green Goblin. That's why he quit Spider Man in the first place. So I, I my the one I'm pulling for most, even though I think it's kind of an obvious one. We have. Um, currently it's volstag i knew it that's your cross-gender character you're looking for um that that was in the pre-show uh yeah (laughs) don't put in the we're just talking about transgender characters and i'd say one that has happened is is uh mighty man from savage dragon yeah there's a character that's kind of a captain marvel thing that's a woman in secret identity and a very macho muscle bound i was gonna go back to uh starhawk yeah, Starhawk yeah, yeah. is both from a Guardians man and of the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. it's more metaphorical, but it's it's definitely right. there was definitely confusion on the part of that character when. And uh, we made for doctor, sort of Doctor Occult and Rose. They can't be in. It's more of a Lady Hawk situation. Yeah, they can't yeah. be in the same space. They share the same existence, but I don't think even that's fair to say. You know, it, it's. I mean, when you talk about transgender, you're talking about a, an issue far more complicated than that. But we're off on a we're off on a tangent. Sorry, we're going to get back to that tangent. So the uh, the, the character that I was thinking most most likely is Jane Foster, who is currently a, can- a suffering from really cancer, me. Yeah. suffering from cancer. Okay. And I think this is a great way to perpetuate the character while not diminishing the 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 disease that she has. The other one I was thinking of, and now the name it totally escapes me. So I'll just explain who she was. Um, Eric Masterson, Thunderstrike. Yes, I remember Eric Masterson had a had a, a wife. Um, started with like Maggie or something. I didn't really read Thunderstrike either, yeah. so I, I and that's so you. that was that was the other one that I was thinking. Well, we really you haven't heard but, from him before. Here's the question: it's kind of a wasn't long run. whoever she is? Didn't she pick the hammer up from the moon? Yes. So how did she get to the so moon? So how did she get to the moon? It's an untold story. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that's I, your I, I think maybe the hammer can summon someone who's worthy to, to pick it up. That's an interesting... Now we have to go back. I'll bet somebody would reboot, uh, would retell the origin story of Donald Blake. Because Donald Blake was hiking through... He was through Norway. Through, the hills of Norway. Yeah, and, and he and went into a cave, escaping from a, the Saturn, uh, from the stone men from Saturn. Yeah. And, and just happened to find this stick. So could it be that that was a summoning? I think I think so because it's like otherwise it's just too coincidental. I mean, he was for, uh, embody he was embodied Thor's spirit. Oh wait, I I, I, I want to just say something right now. In all seriousness, without a hint of irony, not even a gleam in his eye, Rick Brettschneider described a story written by Stan Lee as otherwise it's almost too coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> Really? How about that burglar in Uncle Ben's house who pushed past Peter Parker, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, and the rest? I mean, come on. Comics. Well. They hinge upon coincidence. Th- that's a pretty big coincidence to be off in the Himalayas and find the stick that you were supposed you to find. Do you think the Himalayas are in Norway? Well, wherever. <laughs> I don't know. Everything happened in the Himalayas back then. Okay. No, that's I Doctor Strange's of, I was origin. On the other side of the mountain is Doctor Strange going up to the ancient it's one. It's all like it's all like Disneyland. It's like, <laughs> there's there's Himalaya Land. 
There's Norway. It's one mountain, depending on which side you're Marvel facing. Marvel World from. is just that. It's only like five different lands, right. six or seven if you need to add it. And exactly. Town is where. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm on the wrong side Howard of the mountain. From. I got this stick. <laughs> Anybody need a stick? I'm trying to get my hands back so I can be a surgeon. Oh, okay. What if Stephen Strange had found Thor's hammer? Mm. Okay, he wouldn't so have been worthy. So that's why I have that's the that's that's a one panel story. Anyway, yeah. that's my guess. And from my reading of the book and having suspected that for a wa- long time, they haven't invalidated that one. They had they did invalidate Frigga, um, by having her wonder to herself. I wonder who the Thor girl is. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was, that was the going concept before the book started because we already knew there was turmoil in, in, uh, in Asgard or new Asgard or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called now between Frigga and Odin. Yes. And Odin, Odin's, uh, they're, they're like co, co rulers and she Mm -hmm. was overruling him on something or other. And, um, so there was the idea that, well, maybe she is worthy of it and she'll be, and it's you know, an older woman, Thor. That's fine. She gets younger when she picks up the hammer. I think that's a very interesting um, idea hero-wise is because you've you noticed this, that the heroes have gotten younger and younger. Yep. Even the concept, you go back in 1961, Reed Richards being older, where is the hero that picks it up, that gets the powers like in his 50s? But you know, and it's not a powered character, one of the most interesting characters you can read right now is Velvet. Mm-hmm. Brubaker's. Brubaker's for image, yeah. For image. And she's a, she's a gray, and she's got streaks of gray in her hair, and she's she's been through a lot, and she's semi-retired and comes back into the into the field work. And that's, oh, yeah. that's a great book. No, it is a great book. And it's she's not she has a lot of perspective, a lot of history, and makes for great flashbacks too. So, uh, I'm yeah, all but for I'm just it. saying in mainstream comics is right. We talk about all these other uh, you know inclusiveness and where's the ageism other than you occasionally age Steve Rogers, uh, and um, you know and, if and you age go Nick Fury, if you go to the other 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 outside of Marvel and DC, I mean for example Manhattan Projects is a lot of old i mean they're historical characters but they're yeah but they're I'm, the I'm, I'm, i don't want to go outside of marvel and dc okay I say I, I, i'm a whole I'm, world I'm, out I'm there third, no i know that and i've got and i'm reading manhattan projects as well but i i think it, it would be interesting we t- we talk about it you know because just we didn't talk about last week but how bobby drake was was revealed as gay in all new x-men yeah and great um my thing, my question is, it would be interesting to see a character who doesn't get their powers until they are, well, almost like Stan Lee. You know, this I've heard that argument, like that Stan Lee, his ego is almost playful, like he doesn't take it too seriously because he was already forty three before fame hit him. Yeah, you know. So the question is, what would someone, how a senior citizen who gets gets power, and right. what do they do? Yeah, and I, again we we had uh, what was the one the Flash Gordon one, like uh, Twilight Twilight uh, no Starlight 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 sorry Twilight was the just recently reprinted by DC. that was an, that was a really interesting book and then actually I one really of like Starlight yeah one of the best Wolverine stories ever Old Man Logan, Old Man Logan. and like hey although but but he's still Old Man Logan is derivative of Young Man Logan uh, that's true <laughs> so you know I'm saying someone tackling it. 
you know, eh, eh, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we shall see, which then leads us, of course, to Secret Wars. We're not going to play, by the way, what's in the bag this week. No. Because really what's in the bag is a lot of Secret Wars and Convergence crossovers. And Secret Wars alone is just going to spur so much. And we don't have Nate anyway to recommend whatever you know he had had. So I just want to go through it. So Secret Wars, number one, hit the stores five days after Free Comic Book Day. We had zero. We had the zero issue on Free Comic, on free book, comic day, book Day. Which I had read in advance. And that includes that lovely Attack on Titan crossover. I said it a little bit facetiously. Did you read the Attack on Titan? Crossover? I haven't read that. I just read through the Secret Wars because there's nothing prelude. to read. Yeah. By the way, it's really just a Titan appears and they fight and they go, "Ooh, what are we gonna do? Don't worry, Rocket Raccoon is here." What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's the last panel. Is the Guardians of the Galaxy are here. There's like no to be continued or anything. It's like I want to see Rocket in one of those gas-powered uh, sling uh, harnesses that the. Uh, that the kids have on Ooh. Attack on Heart. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway. With the swords. <laughs> a- anyway, so we had Secret Wars number zero on Free Comic Book Day, which was an interesting prelude, but also an odd book to get new readers in, which I do think now I could say, I don't know how Hijinx did. I assume that's where you went mm-hmm. for uh, Free Comic Book I Day. I went to several, but yeah. Uh, I only went to Elusive uh, because I had to run. I grabbed books at 10, went down to my son's soccer game, meandered back up, ran a few errands, and then went back for a sale um, and to see uh, if the line was too long. But uh, for Gene Yang, Gene Len Yang, who's going to be writing Superman, Uh, uh, was signing there. And um, so I only went went there, but... um, I know that they got twenty five percent of their twenty five of their percent of their customers that came in for Free Comic Book Day had never been to the store before. Cool, like so, an informal poll they did. Or? Uh, they they used the the diamond POS, and so they t- everybody who before you could go in, they just said, "Hey, you want to be on our mailing list? Uh, have you ever been to the store?" They did a little survey. Okay, so it wasn't informal; it was formal. And so they have those stats, and they now, and you know, because obviously, which I'm sure Hijinx does too, but Elusive, it's great that, like, if I miss a comic, and I can say, hey, did I buy this? Because obviously, oh, yeah. I'm in the same. do that all the time. Yeah. Did I get this? And they go, yeah, you have it in your stack somewhere, so you better go back yeah. and look. And I go, okay. All right, you at thanks. least paid for it. Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks. But, you know, so everybody's on, everybody's tracked, which I, I think is actually good for a regular, you know, so. So a quarter of the people that showed up on Saturday at, at Elusive, and I'll assume to you know there's some kind of reflection of that, similar yeah. numbers across the country, had had not been to that store before. So what's really cool to me then is about Free Comic Book Day is people are sampling and going, hmm, maybe I should pick this up. Maybe I should do this. So to me, that's the point. You know, like they did an Ultimate Spider, uh, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man one year, and it was like, oh, just an introduction to how it's being told, and yeah. this is cool. Yeah. Then you get Secret Wars number zero. I mean, actually, even the DC book Convergence, uh, D- Divergence did. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it's kind of like if the Whitman salt sampler had was, saltine it, crackers it, in it, it. It was all those horrible. Yeah, no, Divergence was the DC book. It had. First eight pages previewing what was going to happen with Batman from here on out, the new status quo of Batman. Um, it had a new status quo of Superman, an eight-page story there, and eight pages previewing the daughter of Darkseid, a new character named Grail, who is going to be bedeviling Justice League. Um, 
who also has Amazonian origins as well. So it was a it was a very interesting to me that book did what it should in that you took uh, three concepts that people thought they knew: Superman, Batman, and Justice League. Yeah, because regardless of whether you read comics or not, everybody knows Superman, Batman. Uh, you know, and Justice League, sure. you're aware. Yeah, you know, so you go in and you see this guy. Oh, this is what's happening with them now in a very accessible story. And technically, even the Justice League story was sort of a Wonder Woman story. Mm. So it's the it's the, the, triad, the Trinity, Trinity, as they call it. You know, yeah. and and so it's like okay. You, you could jump right in, get it, and go, all right. And then the springboards into, do I want to buy the next issue of Superman? Do I want to buy the next issue of Batman? Secret Wars is the Children of Future Foundation, which the average person doesn't know doesn't know who they are. No. If you know the Fantastic Four, the average person doesn't even really know Valeria exists. They might know Franklin because I think Franklin's Dragon been, Man. You know, I don't think you know Dragon Man, no. especially not the greetings, not culture the, lovers, not the, version the spectacled. Of My favorite iteration of the character. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's a choice of characters that few people know. Yeah, with characters that are familiar, sort of on the fringe, and their their children having to deal with the end of the world and the fact that every normal person they know is going to die. Right. Especially when the and the revelation is right there. This isn't a and let me point a rescue machine. And this me, is a life raft. And let me point out then the odd thing is the Attack on Titan crossover is the more <laughs> optimistic story. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was just odd. Um, and when and when Japan's Walking Dead is the more optimistic nice story, zombie story, no, giant and zombie I story. I think there was some other like more kid friendly book, but it's yeah, beside yeah. the that Marvel had, and I know I have it in the stack. I, I uh, yeah, it was it's funny though, I, and and I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, but I looked at the Divergence cover, and I wasn't expecting. I didn't know anything about Divergence going yeah. into this. I hadn't heard the title before. I looked at it two or three times, and I was I was at I went to a couple stores where you could only like buy two or three books. So I'm like trying to decide. Well, yeah. I want to pick this one up here. I looked at that, and that did not look like a DC cover. It didn't look like a DC layout or book, and the title nothing got me, nothing to that me said that. Well, here's, nothing said DC to me on that. Here, here's cover. what I think would happen: is you walk in, and a teen reader right now, yeah, would see Divergence and think Divergent or parody of Divergence. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And pick it up based on that. Possibly, yeah. So I think that was a canny marketing scheme. Really do. Um, I think as far as free comic book day, between those two. Referring, of course, for our audience, the uh, the uh, young adult novel series. Yes. Yeah. And film series. Yeah. Uh, that uh, for free comic book day, DC won beat Marvel for what those books mm-hmm. to me are supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um but so that's Secret Wars number zero. Then we got Secret Wars number one this week. Beautiful book. I and I have a I have a review up on Fanboy Planet on the website. Beautiful book. I will not take away Assad Ribic's artwork is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Hickman is is I think I called him a mad genius. I think that's what he is. It's just like you know it, the the intricacy of his plotting. What he's doing is amazing. But if I did not read Marvel comics and if I saw Avengers: Age of Ultron and I went, oh, walked into a comic book store and said, "What's Marvel doing this month?" and you went, "Secret, Secret Wars. Wars." 
And you picked that up. This would be a WTD. What the duck? Um, and Howard's not in this book, unfortunately. No. Um, but not, not for a couple issues. But it's impenetrable. It, I got what I knew what was going on because I because I've been reading. And as as somebody's been reading, this is not Secret Wars number one. This is the culmination of all the storylines that have been going on in Avengers and Fantastic Four, and and related titles. Uh, for yeah. the last year. Yeah, half a dozen this, Avengers This titles, is yeah. where they all tie together and end so that we can go on and be on Battleworld for Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And to say, by the way, you know, Marvel is releasing at the end of the month a trade paperback that's called The, the, the Secret Wars Prelude. Um, and the thing is, when you look at this, the book that I would say, the books that I think most specifically tie in are still already... Two and a half years old. New Avengers numbers one through three, which I see a direct tie yeah. in. I absolutely yeah. do. The last three issues of the original Secret Wars in 1984. Uh, Fantastic Four 611, I couldn't call what, that is, what, what story that is, but I'm sure that it, it directly ties in. It's probably one of the ones with the when, multiple Reed Richards. When, and you, probably, probably. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man um, in number one, which is the first appearance of Miles Morales. Um, I don't see that as a close tie-in. And Ultimate Comics, Ultimate's number four, which is probably leading towards like, oh, the, war- the first a, mention of the incursions or something. And, and in a case where it seems more like it's an introduction to the characters and in this situation. To than, have that come than, up three weeks after yeah. the first issue of, I mean, because this, this is the thing, is this first that's, issue. That's also- for the guy who wanders in the store and says, hey, I've been buying this, I'm confused. And then the store goes, hey, I've got the cure but for But see, here's confusion. the problem. I don't think a guy's going to want, and I know you're, you're joking, but, wow. but I don't think the guy that buys that and says, I'm confused, is going to wander back into the no. store. He's yeah. going to go, crap. Can you show me some of those image comics that are complete the, in one issue? Don't say that. Oh, don't say that. Oh, you mean complete in one series to itself? Yeah. Uh, no, just because I saw Eric Larson rightfully go off on a rant saying, like, I'm tired of people blaming image for the 90s. Like, we had fun with our comics, and it's not our fault that everybody did really cheap knockoffs think, trying to duplicate us. Yeah, so I know it's no, just sort of no. with it. But I get what you mean. Things like yeah. Saga, yeah. things like Lazarus, things like Velvet. Right. Or they're not going to walk in a comic book store again mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that are getting interested in comics because although I will say I had this experience on Free Comic Book Day. I was, re- I was wearing the, the Jim Lee Free Comic Book Day shirt from a couple of years ago. It was Justice League on it. And it was a little powder blue. Yeah. And this woman, I, I, I after my son's soccer game, I'm not calling out or embarrassing her because I think this is how a lot of the world thinks. The uh, woman at the checking, I went to the Safeway and the woman at the counter rang me up and the guy behind me had a like just like a candy bar he was an employee he was on his breaks he was buying a candy bar and he turned and he saw my shirt and he goes ah oh, I forgot about free comic book day I don't know where to go and I said well you know maybe the library I've heard they do that blah 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 and so the woman said oh did you see that that um, Avengers movie and I said yeah yeah I did I really liked it she goes would I be confused if I haven't seen, seen any of the other one. if yeah. I hadn't seen any of the others and I said you haven't seen any and it was just like, I, just, unfortunately, those are the kinds of things that I blurred out before <laughs> right. I realized, oh, you're a normal person? Uh, you know, and, and she said, well, I think I saw something on TV like it was like Mr. Marvel or something. And I said, well, they're all Marvel. And I realized, I mean, that there's this huge chunk of the population that still, as, right. Tro- as Troy Benson has argued with me, it's like, 
most people think that Marvel publishes everything. Right. I thought you were going to tell her, and she saw, well, I saw Dark Knight Returns. Which isn't a movie, because it's yeah, Dark Knight Rises. I know. Uh, but uh, I I'd be impressed if wrong. she said that. I was kidding. No, I'd be impressed if she said yeah. Dark Knight Returns. At, no. least, at least there was confusion based on she'd read the graphic novel or something. She could, read, she could have seen the animated version. That's true. That's true. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was just kind of the... So I'd say there's a huge chunk of this population that will go, that will walk into a store and go, all right, I'm finally going to give it a try. And I'm going to... F- you read the characters that i think i like okay avengers number one movie not as much money as the first one. Oh, gee still it, it still made you know, it only made 178 million it's only it's number only, two yeah uh in all box office history you know i mean so they're gonna go in looking for that and you see that yeah. and you get and you get something this confusing and even if you say if you're a Fantastic Four fan and the Reed Richards they're focusing on is the thousand-year-old evil one from, from the, the Ultimates, Ultimates universe, yeah. Uh, who has a different identity, Mr. Something. I know uh, It's not fantastic, but, um, you know, I, I don't even know because I wasn't reading the Ultimates. It's like, there it is. It, it requires so much weird prior, arcane prior knowledge that it, it was just... It's not a launching book, but I would totally agree. And my review said, the thing is, all the Secret Wars books that are going to cross tie-in, yeah. those are going to be fun concepts that someone will want to come in. I mean, let's, let's take a Did you a pick look. up the Armor War comic? No, because I suspect that it is just half of Armor Wars number it's, one. It's eight, eight pages long. It's, and, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, and, and, I, and I went to Toys R Us and... Y- you you messaged me. I got the message too late because I went to see Ex Machina. Yeah. So I got out. So my plan was I'm going to go to the morning showing, and then I'm going to go to Toys R Us and see what they got. And then the great sales over by one, and I get there at two. And I mean, because God, it would have made a killing on Inf- uh, on uh, Disney Infinity figures too. But uh, you know, so I figured though, it's right. It's just it's it's going to be reprinted. But but you've got. You have this entire battle world, which is uh, the fun. Everybody at it. Everybody just going at it in wild ultimate end. Uh, okay, maybe I'm not be I can that. run down the titles. I got them right here. All right. Run them down. Run them down. Okay. So Secret Wars is the main book. Spider Island. Thor's. That's uh, multiple. They're evocative titles. Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. Yes. James Robinson is writing that. James and I talked about that. That's... One, I love that concept. I just want to say is so you've got all the Ultrons right. versus all the zombies, and there's one lone normal human stuck smack dab in the middle of it. You don't have to read anything else. Yeah. That that's story's going to story. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Master of Kung Fu. Well, then somebody's happy. I am very much. Runaways, happy about that too. Yeah. Ultimate End, which is going to be the culmination of the Ultimate Universe. Marvel Zombies, which is a separate book from the other one. Star-Lord and Kitty Pride. Yes, because you know, did you finish The Black Vortex? No, I've not finished Black Vortex. Sorry, it's going to get spoiled for you. They're okay. engaged. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, and there's reasons for it, because I, and we can talk about that too if you want the speculation and what's going to happen post-Secret Wars since X-Men is being exiled since yeah. Inhumans are taking that place, is apparently it's going to be that uh, it's rumored that uh, mutants are, are deadly allergic to the Terrigen mists, uh, which will coat whatever world. form Earth is. So they have to go out into space. So Kitty Pride and Star Lord can be ha- live happily ever after. Good for them. 
I'm happy about it. I don't know why I was so <gasps> about it. Then there's a Secret War, Secret Wars Battlefield book, which I suspect is going to be an anthology of smaller stories. That's okay. I've kind of enjoyed those. Yeah, I, I like anthology books in, in Marvel and DC both. Inhumans, Attilan Rising, Siege. And some of these are just like, yeah, Siege. I, that was a great run. Red Skull, Civil War, Age of Apocalypse, Hail Hydra. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, which is going to be with... Uh, with the, the Mary Jane. Mary Jane still, back. Yeah. A-Force, 1872. Yeah. Spider-Verse, Armor Wars, X-Men 92, which I can't... Uh, well, that would be the first... Well, 94 would be the... Oh, X-Men. Is X-Men it 1992? 90- 1992 would be when Jim Lee did that number one that everybody went, Whoa, yeah. over. So future imperfect years of years of future past. I'm very excited by future imperfect because the maestro is an awesome, yeah, he's character. An awesome character. He's in, uh, that's the future Hulk, by the way, for yeah. listeners, uh, the future evil Hulk extinction agenda, mm. old man, Logan. Yeah. Yeah. The Corvax saga. E is, E is for extinction. Guardians of nowhere, which is guardians Prince of the galaxy, galaxy on yeah. the nor- nowhere. And, and see here, there, there it is. That's a perfect concept because if you've seen the movie, Yep, and I. This is another one where I'll say, I run into people that that would be the last movie I would expect is one of their favorites, like that they're not Marvel fans. Yeah, and they love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's a like, since well a huge, it's since a huge section. Well, no, absolutely, it's yeah. just funny to me, and that there's a huge chunk of that movie that takes place in nowhere. So right. that's a perfect re envisioning. So that even yep. if you don't know. You walk into the shop, and there's a book that looks just, you know, oh, it's recognizably Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know what nowhere is. The book that I think is probably going to be the silliest of the bunch is Modoc Assassin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet, Inferno, Secret Wars 2099, which is going to be interesting how they're going to work that in. But oh, There's Modoc Assassin. I just got to it in the same. Yeah, you see the uh, the graphic style is the same, pretty much the same as on uh, Secret Avengers right now. Pretty mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. Uh, where monsters dwell, which is Garth uh, Ennis, and yeah. it's uh, Phantom Eagle in a, the land of dinosaurs. I think it's Frank Cho. No, art. I'm sorry. No, Phantom Eagle is the character, not <laughs> no, no. Frank Cho doing the art. Uh, no, it's Frank Cho doing the cover. Is he just doing the cover? Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's some guy. It's a guy who had filled in for Derek Robertson on The Boys. Okay, uh, I don't know what his la- first name is. But his last name is Brown. B R A U N. Uh, but it is a Frank Cho cover. I understand your confusion. Okay. But, uh, Planet Hulk, uh, yes. Deadpool Secret Wars, Groot as a separate book. I think he's a lot. He's not quite the last of the <laughs> last of the series to get us on a book. Uh, Secret Wars, Secret Love, which I have no idea what that's going to be. It's it's it sounds like a throwback. It's going to be all the all the old Kirby love. Love short books from no, the, I see the, exactly. So I yeah. mean, there, this really is Marvel's using this as a chance to spawn because I wouldn't be surprised if some last like if if where monsters dwell as an example, if where monsters dwell, which is basically World War One fighter costumed fighter pilot takes right. on dinosaurs. If that book sparks, that's going to survive. Not just any dinosaur, the pteranodon, Devil, devil dinosaur, De- Devil dinosaur. Yeah. So if that book sparks, that book's going to survive the Secret Wars. Yeah. You know, so I I find that, you know, this is a great, great idea. 
flip side to convergence is all those convergence tie-ins. This is the farewell. This is the hello to a lot of them. The, uh, Secret like Wars. Four, four books left. Let me, let me just run yeah. there. Ant-Man Last Days. Hank, John, Hank Johnson, mm-hmm. Agent of Hydra. We talked about that last week, yeah. House of M. Howard the, the human. human. We talked about that last week, And too. Squadron Sinister. Which yeah. means that... Um, Hyperion. Hyperion goes back to being a bad guy. Not necessarily. Well. It means there's a different Hyperion. Because the Hyperion, sure. the Hyperion that's been appearing in New Avengers, that's not that's not the bad guy Hyperion, is it? I th- I thought it was another creation. I think it's I it's the was, same it's the same um I origin. Was, I yeah, but it's always been yeah. the same origin. I okay. think that when Hickman's doing it, there are just multiple, there are multiple universes. universes he's pulling from. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's so we could have Hyperion versus Hyperion. Then have we not ever had that? I don't think so. Because there was the Squadron Supreme. Didn't they ever cross over and take on their evil counterparts? Not since not since uh, Hickman brought uh, brought uh, Hyperion in. Because I mean, well, no, not since. But I'm saying, hasn't that once happened? Yeah, like the two squadrons had to have. The uh, Squadron Supreme is a is a closer analog to JLA. Although they and they had that an archer, um, the, okay, yes. Originally, uh, the first appearance of the Squadron right. Supreme was across, whereas the Avengers went to a, an alternate dimension, right? And even the one that they did just uh, about a decade ago with uh, they and the, the Prism. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, that's the one that uh, J. Michael Straczynski did right, the relaunch right. called just Supreme high, Power. Supreme Power. Well, there were there were a couple of different ones that had the Supreme. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, and, and there was somewhere the squad where the squadron supreme out and out died. That one that Mark Gruenwald wrote in the eighties that was fantastic. Yeah, that was kind of like DC's. Uh, so, sorry, DC's Marvel's Watchmen. Um, which, if you can find this squadron, that squadron supreme, I don't think it's in print right now. Is a really great story. You know, although it does follow a lot of of the beats that, uh, or, or at least a lot of the themes. I shouldn't say the beats, but a lot of the themes that Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons did with what uh, with Watchmen. So, but you know the big difference between this list and the Convergence list. You know which ones you want. I <laughs> aside from that, the magnet, the number that I'm going to buy every one of those ones, I'm going to buy. Well, the other thing I'd say is, you look at those titles; they, the titles promise you what you're going to yeah. get versus what we're getting in convergence, which is like, okay, I Justice League, uh, two or three different Justice League. I didn't realize, like, I bought Titans, uh, I bought the the new Teen Titans, not realizing that that was going to be a different version than titans versus uh i don't think there was a teen titans but there was a couple different justice leagues yeah different iterations there you've got nightwing and oracle wasn't quite sure there i bought number two i don't know if i bought number one um but uh they were muddled it was muddled and with the alternate covers which unfortunately you know i got a lot of alternate covers I couldn't tell what the contents were going to be. Which version did I like? Like, should I buy? So I bought Justice Society of America, which then this is where it got confusing. Justice Society of America and Infinity Incorporated, which I loved Infinity Incorporated, were the children of the Justice Society. They're from two different realities. Yeah. But because everybody's dealing with the same problem, it was it was just very, very confusing 
and it ultimately doesn't matter. It's just seeing these characters all in the same boat of, oh, we've been a year without our powers. What are we going to do on our individual? And again, the whole thing with Converges just reminds me, you know what book I really wish was back in print? Midnight at the Well of Souls. Because it's <laughs> 3,600 domed cells in, you know, on a planet uh, in a perfect hive. And uh, yeah. So anyway, that's our Secret Wars rundown where the spinoff books super exciting yeah the main book once you get to number two probably i suspect secret war is gonna be great number one if you're not already reading reading i hope this podcast has helped maybe you can buy number one if you're a completist but it's gonna confuse the heck out of you if you haven't haven't already been reading it all hickman's works for the last 10 years which i recommend I, i haven't read all of it either but i'm like going Huh, I'm going to save up or I'm going to go to Torpedo Comics, which I mean, you know, I love going to conventions and going to uh, John DeMahon's comic shop because he does these trades for like 50% off. I wonder how many of these Secret Wars lead up book (laughs) trades will be in because he just, for the first time ever, had a bunch of image books that I'm like, oh, these were ones I meant to buy. And I was able to pick up and go, now I'm catching up on image and catching up on valiant oh god valiant i love you so um <laughs> but um so There's some kind of a contest right now to to vote for your favorite valiant story they're, they're doing i don't something. know enough of them except i'll just say harbinger josh dysart but uh you know yeah i i, I don't know i'm i'm that's it's gonna be a thing where i'm gonna slowly I'm I'm reading at least one Valiant trade a week, and and I've and I went through, and I've got like I've got all my trade paperbacks stacked. It's horrible. I look like some some horrible crazy book lady, <laughs> not cat lady, because my bed is like okay, I can sleep on this wedge while I've got these stacks of graphic novels that I or trade paperbacks that I need to read, and oh, these my son shouldn't see. Anything by Howard Chaykin that goes away. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got sex criminals. And I went hmm. Yeah, I can't leave that. Uh, good yeah. book, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, Have you been reading Satellite Sam? I stopped because I really got both. It just felt kind of repetitive. And Rob Wilson and I were talking about it at Free Comic Book Day. Rob yeah. works at Elusive. He's a Sunday Sunday manager. And we both kind of agreed. It's like it's Matt Fraction doing his riff on all the things that Howard Chaykin loves, having Howard Chaykin draw it. And I didn't feel like there was anything, as a longtime Shaken fan, that there was anything new for me. I think the middle did kind of lose its uh, lose its gravity, lose its direction. I think after about issue five is where I just went. Yeah. I'm not. It's coming. It's coming down to a close, and it's been really good the last couple of issues. So well, yeah, I know. Maybe if I go to the library and the library has it, which I doubt they will, I but. Doubt that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I just you know some books you go and like yeah, it's cool because I love the artist, but. Uh, and I love Matt Fraction. I think yeah. you know, but I'm even feeling that. I just way. love the time period and the placement of it. Sure, in this beginning sure. of television. But, you know, but you know what I'd rather watch? My favorite year. Uh, you know, it's a much cleaner version of it. Uh, so, yeah. uh, which is a recommendation. Where's that Blu-ray? Damn it! Um, so let's get to Free Comic Book Day. Aside from Marvel in DC, we talked about that. Did, did free? Did you pick up anything at Free Comic Book Day that made you think, okay, I'm going to start picking up this book or? Uh, um, no, not really. But I haven't even read. I've read through all of them lately. There's yeah. so many books that I, I needed to catch up on to get into Secret Wars. And like yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I'm I got stranded on uh, on Black Vortex and didn't finish that yet. So that's I kind of enjoyed it. Luckily, that's all in my uh, 
I read that on my iPad. Oh, the, well, okay, there we go. It, we're, this it's just ahead in. Of, it, it's ahead of time. I, no, I'm going to remember it and put it back in because we're not there yet. But that's good to know. Um, what is it? Oh, that, what is nice. it that Debbie just there's, showed us? There's four. You have to listen to the rest of the podcast. It'll to be find on TV. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I, 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 I see. That was something we got after nine o'clock. And- Ooh. Is it after nine o'clock already? After eight thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I uh, yeah, at Elusive you could donate money and pick up more than three right, books. Right. So I, I just dropped down twenty, and so I'm taking one of everything. And uh, so I didn't read a lot of the kids. There was a lot of little kid, uh, not little kid stuff, but but kids books that I just ran down to the soccer game and say and still handed hand them out. Yeah, handed to my daughter and said, "Give these to your brother," because uh, he had to rush off after the soccer game. And I said, "Give these to your brother." Uh, and then I texted him later and said, uh, "Don't worry, I have more, but but the one I kept the ones that I really needed to read. Right, my stacks uh, are right over there under the lamp. So the big one is Steve Mix, if you recall, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, remember uh, the writer who I guess we'll probably be seeing at uh, Convergence, probably, uh, Convergence, <laughs> Convolution, Convolution. And, and maybe at Baycon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, so he messaged me and said, "Did you get Fight Club Two? Yes." And I said, you know, dude, I just, I, uh, I dropped my twenty. I grabbed my books. I ran out of there to get to a soccer game. I don't know. He's like, dude, I admire yourself, your, yourself as a father, but how could you not know if you got fight? So I'm going to confess this here is like, I like Fight Club, but I did not take it as the definition of, of my youth. Um, that some of my friends have, like I mean, Michael Goodson is just like Fight Club defined him. Wow, you, you know, in, in, and and I know it's it's like some people that you know Godfather really defined them and gave them this code of ethics and honor. Well, it's 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 kind of for youth looking at that as far as what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to work for somebody? Your and whole again, life and, and maybe maybe I was just too old. I yeah. I really like Fight Club. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was just sort of like oh, Fight Club too, great. And I'm so I did get it. I did read it, and I, I get to say here, Dark Horse sent me the first full issue a uh. month before it's coming out. So I have read the first. So I don't know how they're going to handle this. The free comic book day, which had the goon and Fight Club Two, and it's literally on the top of the stack over there. Okay, but I can't. I can't remember what the third feature was. Um, Something decent, but it was, but it, but I, the goon stuck out for me because yeah. I love the goon as well. Um, but Fight Club Two is an eight-page story that kind of bridges the differences between the movie and the, and the novel hmm. to kind of ease you into where the series is get, where the sequel is going to be. I think it's a six-issue miniseries to be. And Chuck Palahniuk said, "This is I'm not writing the novel. This is it. We're doing it as a graphic novel." And um, so that eight pages is not in the first issue. So Oh, interesting. So you got it at Free Comic Book Day, and I think they'll probably release it digitally. But probably, but it's yeah. a chance to, if you really want the complete, you'll probably have to get the trade paperback, you know, the yeah. graphic novel. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really good, a good transitioning story, and then go into the first issue. I really like what what uh he he's done there his uh, i chuck blonig is is um i love his work every one of his books but is a different to challenge doesn't. to the reader to to yes. unlock and to adapt to the way he tells the story 
for, I, everything from point of view to the use mm-hmm. of time and space or, you know, just morality. Um, it's always something new. And it, that's that's not the way it is with a lot of authors. I mean, well, a, I'm, I'm thinking, um, who wrote uh, V? Uh, Pynchon. Uh, Thomas Pynchon. Yeah. I, I, it's, he's like Pynchon for today, you know, for now as far I, as... I, I would... I think Pynchon might come out of his hiding place and argue Probably. that uh, he'd like he's to still argue like, that he's still yeah, I know. <laughs> the Pynchon for today. But I, I mean, he's, I think... Poloniak is certainly Chuck more... Speaking to a, a different... He, he's also certainly more prolific than Pynchon. And he's talking more to today's audience, too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think there's one that I could say, all right, I was not... I was kind of like, oh, Fight Club 2... Um, but I got hooked enough that I'll probably buy those in print when they when they come out as well. So that's one that, that I, worked. I, to to put a coda on that. Yeah. I would say that I am as excited about this book as I am for almost any Neil Gaiman uh, graphic novel or or comic introduction. And that's high price. It's it, it's it's this is this is so rare. Of course, that Gaiman is not that he's a slut or anything. That <laughs> he's he's how. Dare you. <laughs> that was a callback. <laughs> uh, he uh, Gaiman is is quite is not the uh, not not as prolific as a lot of other people, but he but comparatively he's quite prolific to to um yeah, yeah. yes uh, I and I do think it's interesting that Poloniak is going to graphic novel form, which I think is you know this is more and more becoming the the medium of choice. As as we are catching up with what Europe and Japan has done, without being as disposable as Japan mm-hmm. with with comics, so uh, but but you might also say from there, I don't think that there was anything else. Free Comic Book Day did do one thing where I got a message from my son saying after the stack that I'd handed him, uh, I would like you to purchase Pokemon X and Y from now on, please. Uh-huh. So. Well played, free comic book day. Well played. I believe that would be Viz. Uh, so I have gone and had to order them because there's only two volumes so far in the manga. But uh, and apparently issue, you know, volume one was sold out, so I had a special order. But I'm like, okay, it, it, it did its job. For a kid who goes into that shop all the time, whenever he's with me, we, we, we stop by for at least 10 minutes to see, okay, what's over to the com- comics? Um, there was a, a black dark circle preview from yes. Archie. Yes. Which I should uh, just go get that stack. Which were why, why don't you? Yeah. Which were excerpts from uh the books that are coming. So and, and two that had already been the the Black Hood uh revival and the Fox continuation, which you can get the Fox uh first five issues that it, Mark Wade and Dean Haspiel had done called um uh Freak Magnet. I see Captain Koenig there. Yeah. Um, I, I picked that up. Canuck. I, I, I knew whichever way I'd say it was the wrong way. Uh, so um, so we got Captain Canuck. We've got... That looks very manga Oh, yeah. I wasn't interested because I'm buying Attack on Titan. Attack anyway. on Titan. We're going way through. So Fight Club Fight 2 Club. and The Goon. And what's the other one in there? The Strain. That's what right. it is. The Strain. Uh, Titan released a Doctor Who with three original stories. They are not appearing in the others. Of 10, 11, 12. Uh, so that was good. I haven't read Bob's Burgers yet. It's on both sides. Yeah, but that's the cover that's up on my stack, too. Avatar. Avatar, yeah. Gene Yang was there signing that as Turtles. well. Turtles. Yeah, I picked up Savage Dragon so. Legacy as well. Uh, Bongo, I think I handed uh, it over to my kids. A free comic book day tradition. 
I think I nice. yes, I think I handed that over to my son. I know I handed I handed her Transformers over. Mega I, Man. I handed Mega Man. I over. wanted to mention something about Mega Man. I, and this is personal note. Um, the uh, the inker for Mega Man is uh, Gary Martin. Yes. Who uh, has he been? A, he was a big wow. Just yes, a couple weeks ago. Yes, and Gary has been inking this. I think for seven. He's been inking it. Uh, it's like forty something issues in, and he's been ish- inking it. I think since issue seventeen or something like that. Many years of uh, of solid work. Gary went to high school with me. We were the same graduating class at, at the same. But high he moved school. to New York, though, didn't he? He he moved. Uh, he was he's done a lot of different inking, and I'd lost track of him. And I just happened to run into him at Big Wild. Well, I'm just so, saying that he had moved to New York for a while because here's the odd. My only connection to Gary Martin, and he would not know this at all. Huh. When I was in college, I attended a party and it, with somebody who I was wearing uh, an American flag T-shirt, uh, Howard Chaykin. Uh huh weird that i remember this much but this guy that was visiting his friend he was from a a new york college and he was visiting a friend at ucla and was at this party and he saw the american flag t-shirt and said oh my roommate is an inker for comics that's why i know what that is Ah. that was gary martin's Roommate. roommate and it always stuck in my mind because it was kind of the first time it dawned on me that I could conceivably one day know people <laughs> that worked in comics. I was exactly. like 19. I was like, that's right. That Real people close. do that. <laughs> yeah, I think so it always stuck in my mind that it was Gary Martin. So it was just kind of interesting. I lost track with him after high school. In high school, we were always trading Conan the Barbarian paperbacks back and forth to, okay. to read. Um, and I think the first thing I was aware that he was inking was Blue Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what he was inking at the time when yeah. I was at his party. So that's why I knew who he was. So it was very... Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go. Scooby-Doo and team Scooby-Doo up. on the flip. Skyward with the Fracture. Yeah, I don't know. That's so a very slim volume. Batman Little Gotham. I think that was last year. That was last oh, was that Halloween right? Free Comic Book Day. Ah, uh, Halloween Comic Fest. Yeah, I just Yeah, picked. which is happening again, so that's okay. The Tick. Yeah, I got that. And Tales of Honor from the Honorverse. Uh, this is a... Uh, no, I didn't pick that up because yeah. I, I didn't want to remember and I think they did not have 2000 AD when I went by. Uh, so, again, 2000 AD, an awkwardly titled book nowadays. But yes, it's it's story, stories about our past when we were in space and we had aliens <sighs> on the planet. Were we ever so naive? I can remember. Did you ever read Nemesis when it was? Yeah, in the I read big, some Nemesis. The big trades and I read all this stuff. Uh, the Nemesis, ABC the Warriors and Dan Dare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Soldier of the Future. So interesting oh. books, uh, you know. Like I said, it, it did its job with with uh, Secret War, uh, with Secret Wars with Fight Club Two uh, to get me a little uh, worked up there. We'll see what those do. You know, I, I don't even watch Bob's Burgers, but I know so many people that love that show. It's so weird to come into a room and hear it and go, "What's Archer doing on right That's now?" That's what I love that episode of Archer where he thinks he's Bob. Uh huh. That was a season opener uh, two for, years ago. Yeah. I that, that one kills me. Um, I was explaining it to somebody who's a Bob's Burgers fan. I said, you got to start watching Archer. And they go, really? And I said, because they knew it was the same guy. Uh, H. John Benjamin, who um, was in 22 Jump Street. So that was even weirder to see his actual face. Uh, you know, but uh, anyway. Are we about done with the comics? We are or? about done with the Let comics. Me, can I throw one more thing in there? Yeah. Um, Red One came out. Uh, this is actually the one that came out, um, I guess, a month, a month or two ago. From Image. From Image. And issue two came out this 
past week or so yeah. and i had not i had not looked at this one i, I looked at it i, I just i, I think it is it, it was a soviet a, speed race it was a day when i was buying 25 other comics so i wasn't really looking for so it was a wednesday it's actually a superhero who is in fact a soviet spy uh, but she's america's best superhero is a soviet spy the thing about this the story is um this is adapted from a european graphic novel and apparently two issues is it so it's adapted it's it, well it's 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 been made into floppies from a graphic novel it's been split oh, up, split okay. up into two oh, two books from an album as they call it but it's it. really dense it's it's a really dense um lot of lot of uh, and only 2.99 an issue yeah however uh the first issue sold out um nice to see and it's it's each book i think is like 48 pages for 2.99 that's what i could do for for this is a, technically a reprint yeah um so but the 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 second issue is still on stands now you probably can find it the first issue is sold out but they're going to go to a second printing so like I said that's all that matters to me and the, it? it's uh dot terry dots uh, terry and rachel dotson yeah and xavier um is he a dot is that a dotson too is it dorison xavier dorison it looks like Dodson. Oh, well. oh, Rick needs I a just new read too prescription. Fast. We'll have to talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, which reminds me to uh, you know go to our PayPal link so that Rick can afford finally afford that eye surgery. New glasses. Uh, yeah. So anyway, okay. Uh, so that's it. yeah, that's our comics news because our our movie news is going to take up a lot too because you know last week and of course did you get out to see Age of Ultron? I did. All right. I nearly saw it the second time, but life it it happens i chose to see something else instead of seeing it a third time. yeah i'm envious because i really want to see i suspect movie. i suspect that i will probably see age of ultron a third time this weekend with my son although he saw it as well uh and uh it it, it was it, it it's interesting even my son's response to a couple of plot things where he was just like he said, they should read the comics and i was like no yeah we'll have to have that conversation face to face not in a words with friends uh debate uh but um well this was a great weekend for umbrage and self-righteousness <laughs> in in the fandom verse and the twitter verse and on monday it was revealed that uh joss whedon was uh resigning from twitter and of course then everybody was like he's been driven off twitter for because of all the criticism feminist of the, backlash uh, feminist backlash and i call bs yeah um first of all let's just say right off the bat is uh oh yes i even saw one that said not only has he been driven off of twitter but that he was fired from avengers as a result of the backlash he had already said he was i know which is what i was arguing back to people going like why am i even engaging that we that fandom has become as crazy i'm gonna get political here as crazy as what i see on fox and msnbc on the right and the left the total extremes and even worse that i see on facebook friends on both at both ends of the spectrum yeah posting wackadoodle crap that uh it's both super wackadoodle liberal and super wackadoodle conservative and it has no basis in reality except the names may resemble personages living and or dead and this is the same thing here it's like fact 
there there have been nothing from the beginning of announcing that he was going to write and direct Avengers Age of Ultron. He has a two-year contract, and he was sitting from the beginning. Just going to do it for two years, and then I'm going to move on. Make sure it goes, yep. it goes up. And then for months up till now, saying, it's time for me to create something on my, on my own again. I'm really itching. I want to get out, out there. That's why he shot much do about nothing on his break from Avengers because you gotta. What you know. a great little weekend! And what I want to say, I mean, Joss Whedon seriously as a creator, what a great example. And if you want to read his quotes about how to be a creative person, and you know, you got to fill up, and you you know, got to empty out. It's been very clear that he was tired. Yeah, this is an, it's an almost unrelated issue, and the but there's been a lot of also he's been speaking quite candidly about what we know. You know, he's like, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man script was the best script Marvel ever had. But they think they know best. And then he's been very candid about the struggles with what he wanted to cut from Avengers Age of Ultron and what Marvel insisted that he keep. And if you found this confusing, so did I. And, you know, because this is a guy who's, who just doesn't give uh he's he's got something that rhymes with bucket list as our, our president said. Uh you know, so, you know, he, he so you didn't like the farmhouse bucket, you know, and it's just kind of that alone is like, uh, you know, on Dr. Horrible's sing along blog, he does the musical commentary and he has a song right. about, about how like when the first caveman painted on the walls and then there was the first critic who said just, but what does it mean? And it's just like, I'm just creating, you know, I mean, you know, the guy's frustrated and, and the Twitterverse, uh, social media has made it easier to be Well, nobody draws attention to themselves by being reasonable. rational. Oh, God. So that's our problem. I keep trying yeah. to be rational, and this is... Well, and, and you know, it's not, just, it's not just this. I mean, when you look at... You look at Every day there's a new you know, a Gamergate, and I don't know if you follow the Hugo Award nominations. I have, so you got the sad and rabid puppies. Everything and, about it, and, and this is what I say. I'm just, it's just exhausted. I'm just, I, I am exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I, you've tried a, a couple of times, and thank you for giving up on it, like trying to get me to go down to Basfa and say, I don't want to be in a world of just my fandom anymore. I don't go that often anymore. And, anymore, but you used to. And then yeah. there was a couple of years ago where you were like, you should come down. I'm like, I don't need one more thing. And I, really, I just, they're all people I like, but I don't, but everybody, we're all chasing our own tails and I need to go out in the world where I'm almost yeah. like the evangelist to talk to other people that aren't as into it and get them excited about it. And that's I still missing. enjoy it when I go, but, but I, I, don't, I don't need I, to but go I, every I don't, week. I don't feel that people are getting excited anymore. They're just getting angry about how they don't which we know how about they our don't culture approve. Now. they don't approve of the version that that came out instead of the version that's yeah. been in their head all their lives and joss we and the criticism so the feminist backlash is all about black widow saturday night live did a fantastic so hilarious funny. takedown of that but the argument we're going to get a little spoiler territory the argument here about how because she has that romance with Bruce Banner or the beginnings of a romance right. with Bruce Banner which you know what one way or the other I'm like I could have you know I could have done without can we stop pause for a second because I know you're going to go right past past this but that was such a believable like first blush of of insecurities and attraction for me absolutely and Mark Ruffalo wins the internet oh, every man. damn day because his response is um, you're critic- You're complaining that Joss Whedon created Black Widow to be a damsel who needed to be saved, and he said I thought he created uh, a scientist 
who turns into a monster who needed to be saved by Black Widow. Yeah. And I thought, that's exactly right. He's the insecure one. I didn't even see, you know, people are criticizing how Steve Rogers that I've seen her flirt up close. And Bruce Banner's like, what you have? You know, it's like, okay, um, I have to go back and watch Incredible Hulk to say, like, how did he leave things with Betty? But it's it's been clear regardless of yeah. since Avengers, it's been a long time since, since Bruce Banner's had human conduct and even thought about that. You know, so of course he's off his game. Of course he's shy. The reasons that she'd be attracted to him make perfect sense. I could have done without it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't have missed it if it if it wasn't there. True. But okay, fine. You t- gave her gave a little focus, but you also they also allowed it to focus a little bit on Black Widow's training and what it took Which to is become right out of the comic, right out of the comic. And the thing that is getting me mad about the feminist comic, back, not written by Joss Whedon, not at all. Uh, Christos and Gage, I think, uh, respected uh, or Dwayne Zorinsky, respected crime novelist, uh, I think is the one who added those really graphic details mm-hmm. to it. But when she says, I can't have children, blah, 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 it was the last thing. I'm a monster, too. They're saying, oh, because she can't have children, I'm a monster. I'm like, no, she's a monster because she's, she's been trained, trained to, to kill, kill without thought. Right. That was her point. And instead, people are seeing... Um, I can't have babies, so I'm not a monster. They're or seeing, I choose not to have babies, so I'm a monster. At the, they can't see the forest or the trees because they're right. busy looking at the twigs. Yeah. And I, yeah. I get it. I do. It's like... I don't know. I, I just get so frustrated because I'm like, it, one hand, it's an entertainment. And one film cannot stand in for everything. But what I'd like to see is, yeah, Scarlett Johansson should have a Black Widow solo film. Sure. Don't know where it's going to fit on the schedule. I don't care. That's not my problem. Yeah. I want her to have a Black Widow solo film. Does she need to have a love interest? No. Does she just need to kick ass? Yes. I, you know, That's what Black Widow is to me. Tell me an interesting paranoid spy thriller. Can she use her sexuality as a weapon? Damn straight. It's part of the character. Yeah. It's absolutely part of the character. And the reality is there is no pleasing anyone. But the internet has gotten to the point where... where Everybody feels that their opinion, look, your opinion is your opinion. It is as equally valid as mine is. But, you know, the old saying, opinions are like, you know, rectums. Everybody has one. And, And when it's just an entertainment and it's a fiction, ours are all equally valid. You like it or you don't. It can't stand, no character is a symbol to please everyone. And I don't think... That, you know, I, I I don't know. Because then on the flip side, we saw a release of the suicide first picture of the Suicide Squad in costume. And this is why it all ties in together. And by Sunday night, I was so utterly exhausted with being a fan that I'm like, and I'm going to be honest. I almost came I almost came here tonight saying, welcome to the last podcast. Because I was so just like, I feel like I've been so inundated with stupid dude we just have to hang out and blow off some steam no i don't want to hang out with you there's no offense but you're but but because you're associated with what i do with this Ah. is i wanted to go to like td where no one's read a comic (laughs) book or or, uh, you know i i don't know i don't know what i want to do go see a broadway show i want to go to new york and just and not go to midtown comics and just go to a broadway show and just i want to dance i want to dance let me Um, give you three things that you made that was when you were ranting let me get to the suicide. Let me get to the suicide. Okay, I, I just want to follow. So follow you see, Margot Ro- Robbie, 
as Harley Quinn. And right. people are like, that's not my Harley Quinn. Yeah, and right. then Bruce Tim is interviewed and he says, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I like the way she looks. But, and I see articles posted, you know, people posting it with, see, even Bruce Tim's not happy. It's like, well, because it's not his version, because his version's in a complete bodysuit. And since Arkham Asylum, he, she's been different. And here's the complaint. And I he's not ranting about it. I seriously saw somebody ranting on Facebook that don't think they understand how dare they. She's got four black diamonds on her leg when clearly Harley Quinn has only three black diamonds and I'm just like four globes and I'm just like it doesn't effing matter do you look at that character and go yeah that's Harley Quinn because if you want to walk into freaking hot topic right now and see the Miss Quinn collection or whatever they're calling it are any of those I don't know the classic Harley Quinn looks like Harley Quinn but the diamonds are wrong it's not it's a big mallet. With could I direct you back to the seventies and Captain America's awkward costume in those yes. Reb Brown movies, and how weird Doctor Strange helmet. looked, and uh, and I, I don't even know what else. Well, we were happy to have those movies. In. <laughs> we were. I'm like, do you not understand what we've been through? They're making a movie in which the heroes are Harley Quinn and Deadshot, and oh my God, yes, I've now seen the. Deadshot can't be black. Backlash. Screw you. Yes, he can. Although Bruce, uh, pardon me, uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith looks stunned in that picture. He looks like somebody hit him with a frying pan. Well, and right then I saw somebody the criticize the mask because they later released a shot of him with the mask. And oh, I'm yeah. like, and they're going, "Oh, that stupid mask." I'm like, "That looks like Deadshot to me." I look at that and yeah. I say. Uh, there is recognized, and then somebody was complaining that, well, I don't know, I just, DC, I don't know all these characters anymore. I'm like, because you haven't read then a damn DC up. book in five years. And, gee, and then someone criticized, oh, the guy that's going to play El Diablo. Oh, and all they did was tattoo him and put him in. The, I'm like, because that's what El Diablo looks like now. You know, and that's not David Ayer's fault. So you're saying the internet's full of people who don't know what they're talking about and are complaining. It's just like this podcast, but there's only two of us at this table. Three things. I want to give you three things. Okay. First one. Uh, femme fatale using... Did we have alcohol? Okay, anyway, go ahead. Femme fatale using uh, sexuality as a weapon, my favorite of all time, which who is a definite prerequisite, to, uh, prerequisite uh, definite um, ancestor of, uh, of Black Widow, mm-hmm. Modesty Blaze. Yeah, she does. Did you, ever, did you ever read any? I've read a few. Do you remember who had her, her method of attack is? No. There'd be like a gangland, a room full of gangland murderers, and she will strip to okay, the waist. But here's the but here's the counter argument to that. Yes, Rick, but that was the '60s, and I yeah. understand that. No, but that's and the but that's it. the men are just so stupid and stupefied by it. She's able to mow them all down, which I thought was that's a great. I mean, that's, which I think at any comics convention would be an effective method of taking out half the population. <laughs> I think so. That costume. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, but the, so. I, but the, she's shooting at it. She sure is pretty. Uh, you know, the, I'm sorry. That there are people that would respond that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Second, um, I finally uh, read where the where the Hulkbuster armor Veronica comes from. Yeah, because it's yeah Betty. And uh, they actually, he actually says something about the other girl. The other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just want to say, and, and which this I thought is, was brilliant. And the stakes are very low on this, but you know, thinking about all the speculation of what the plot was 
from the trailer and everybody's like oh clearly because bruce looks like he's guilty at one point yeah and oh he's gonna be angry there's gonna be conflict because we're all trying to look towards civil war right like tony's you know tony's created the hulkbuster armor behind his back when it makes very up front very clearly you helped design veronica right right you know right, <laughs> it's right, like right. oh we were so wrong can we just stop and get back to just enjoying the movies when they finally come out anyway. and the, the last one which turned me around on i i was not a fan of the jared leto tattoo look at least at first and it's grown on me a little bit which is what you always have to do in these cases if it's brand fresh new you have to give it a couple of breaths at least and maybe a couple of days and say now if i can look at this without the shock does this have a validity to it that is perhaps more cued into modern that doesn't have 75 years of history right. behind it. Exactly. Because, exactly. Because yes. you don't always do that. What sold me on it was the tweet that came out either yesterday or today, which is the other half of the photo. And it's it's uh, Harley Quinn behind him, and she's tattooing his oh, back. I didn't see that. It's beautiful. Okay. No, and, you know, that's the thing. Is like, and so and I, he's I, doing the tattoo, and that's what the shock in, in, on his face is. And she's, she's tattooing the lower funny. part of his that's back. That's a funny publicity photo. Yeah. The thing is, like, with that concept is, um, I reached this when they did that animated series, The Batman where the villains all looked so radically different than what you yes. expected. And the Joker was kind of like had dreads and he was in a he was in a, a straitjacket and he he'd never taken that off. So I was like, okay, what we see as the Joker that mostly has been if there's an iconic vision of it, that's unchanged since nineteen forty. Mm-hmm. It's the purple suit, uh, you know, which now David Tennant's gonna be wearing an AKA Jessica Jones. And uh, so you've got that the tourist version from The Killing Joke has sort of taken over a little bit. But but no matter what incarnation of the Joker, it's it's largely unchanged. It's, yeah, unless you're Joe Kerr in, in garage overalls. and uh, But which one is that? I That was Death in the Family. Death of the Family. Oh, Death of the Family. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, so so he gets, he, he gets radically re- reinvented. In Death of the Family, but that's in the yeah. last three years. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm for that because why would he be stuck in a costume that was designed in 1940? And the Batman had this Riddler that looked like Marilyn Manson. And mm-hmm. I went, yes, because if it, in 2000, with, if you're in a universe where there has been no antecedent right. to that, there are no superheroes before Batman shows up. And if that's the commonly agreed upon thing... That and which I think even this cinematic universe of DC is going to going to say that, you know, uh, is that bat, because clearly Ben Affleck is coming out of retirement. Um, we yeah. know that much because we've seen tombstones that incl- imply, you know, he's been fighting for a long time in secret. Everything Dan DeDio's wanted the new 52 Batman to be mm-hmm. that he was an urban legend for five years. Right. You know, that was happening in the cinematic version. So. That means that earliest, there's been no costume crime fighter before 2005. No villain has come in before 2005. Think about what the world right. looked like. What was the fashion by that point? Well, if you come into the Even modern, if a lot of it was fed by comic book imagery, no question. Come into the modern day, um, Marilyn Manson was shocking when he first came out. He's not he's shocking. Tame. Now he's, he's now he's like he's on Ellen, right? Um, <laughs> and and if you if you can do Harley Quinn there, who doesn't look at least as crazy as Lady Gaga, 
you're, you're right. You're not going to get anywhere. You're right. No, absolutely. And that's, and, yeah, and you got to think, take, take what, you know, well, the, the El Diablo that's been, was running around in Suicide Squad was also based on, he's an L.A. gang member. So, of course, that's where yeah. he's going to, you know, if that's what he is, whether people like that approach or not uh, to to who the character is, beside the point, that's the character. I think, interestingly, nobody's really talking about because nobody really knows her, is Enchantress in that photo. Mm-hmm. That she's there, and my God, she's scary looking, which is not the Enchantress from the comics at all. Right. But again, in a real world situation, there's somebody who, whether she has the powers or not, at least think she has supernatural powers cool. she's gonna look like she's been influenced by rob zombies films right i think that's uh, no i think that's all entirely so that she looks all crazy and whacked out in space but she enchants someone to make her but enchantress think, but they, en- they think that she's could be but enchantress is crazy if you've read the oh yeah, yeah. the suicide squad version yeah, yeah. the um uh you know the the justice league dark version i think she she went in and out of that as well right you know so but the juxtaposition between what she appears to be somebody who is in, under her thrall, for, and then yeah. then if that drops a bit, then that she, could be. And then yeah. Deadshot, I think Will's. I still stand by Will Smith. Great choice to play Floyd Lawton. Yeah, absolutely, because he's got that. I he's got a Lando Calrissian drawl that he can put on there. He's got the I couldn't give an s yeah. attitude that Floyd Lawton has in the comics. I don't care if he's not a picture perfect duplicate of who floyd he's got the swagger yeah so you know but but these arguments and the, these people getting upset and i just go then don't go see the movie shut up and you know it's like i went for about 30 years before i encountered somebody who didn't want to see the godfather really and, and his reasoning was very good like i i didn't see it until I've i was heard like, it was a violent film and he didn't want to see it no, he said i don't want to support oh. I, I don't want to support a movie that glorifies the mob. Gangster violence, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's reasonable. But that was a one-on-one conversation we had. Right. That, that you know, if the... <laughs> it didn't come out like, you know, he wasn't running around telling everybody, oh, my God, it's going to... It's a horrible film. You know, I, it was just sort of like we used to just have our opinions and tell our friends and that was it. And now you get bent out of shape. Anyway, Joss... I'm looking forward to the next thing you do. Age of Ultron was flawed, but uh, it was still enjoyable. I liked it the second time to go to get back to that as our source of what all the controversy was. Um, I hope he does something that that we look at originally and say, oh, my God, that's going to be awful. And then he turns us right around because remember when we heard about Firefly? Yeah, it was the Space Cowboy show. Well, and Dollhouse. Everyone was just like, and Dollhouse. Dollhouse took a while to find its feet. And when and, when he actually revealed what Dollhouse was about. Yeah. Everyone just thought it was going to be like this oversexed kind of uh I mean, and that's the problem is, you know, I'm totally thing. looking forward to the three and a half hour, if it's true, that that's what's going to come out on Blu-ray. The three and a half hour cut. Of Ultron. Of, of Ultron. One thing that he said that was cut that I really love uh, is that Pietro... Um, is like total womanizer so that he really had built up how much antagonism there is between Hawkeye and him so that when when he spoiler scene you know so that basically you spend the whole Hawkeye spends the whole movie being annoyed even when Quicksilver is on their side being annoyed by him 
And he has that scene where he says, no one would know. No one would know. No, 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 no he, he, he ran in front of my arrow. There's nothing yeah, I could do. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever And it's like, it's like, that was, it, it seemed almost out of character. It's because they cut all the stuff uh. where they were trying to bond. And then it just. It just seemed comical to me. I it was know. comical. I did find it funny. But, yeah. you know, and, and, there, and there's an alternate ending where Pietro survives. Ah. Uh. And so I think that, you know, I, and I'm still not 100% convinced that they wouldn't find a way. Still. I, you know, he's, he's on the floor next to Hawkeye. It, it felt the, too much like, and I know this happens too often, it felt too much like a studio FU. To you mom. like You liked Quicksilver yeah. in X-Men? Yeah. Well, we're going to kill him. Although, there's no way you'd know, you know, unless you knew, because he's never called Quicksilver in the movie. Yeah. People might go, oh, they have two super speedsters. Yeah, you know, because they don't really have the same name. Um, but it, but that's what it felt like. And I know that that stuff happens. You know, I've I've I didn't hear directly from um, James Marsden, who is Cyclops originally, but uh, from someone who knew him. I was at a convention and I posited this that I said, you know, it felt like in X Men: The Last Stand that he was punished for following Brian Singer over to Superman, and that's why they killed Cyclops early in that movie when he should have been a major part to bring Gene back. Right. And and this person who was friends with James Marsden said, that's exactly how he felt. Hmm. And, you know, so I know there's this kind of studio pettiness, and that's why sure. I think that happened. Flip side, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of previews for the next movies, Infinity War, Thor, Ragnarok, Civil War, go see all these others, which, you know, then reminds us we get to go in and get excited that Civil War started filming this week. Yeah. It's it's Avengers 2.5. Exactly. (laughs) No, it's Avengers 2 plus, you know. It's plus one. Or, it is. They become the crossover because yeah. you've not only do you have everybody that was and I saw an article where it said, "Well, they hadn't mentioned the Vision before." I'm like, "Well, did you there, watch did Age I, of Ultron?" Because there are four characters that are not in it: Thor, Hulk, Hulk Fury, Fury, and Captain America. And no, no, no I mean Captain America uh, and uh, uh, Hill, Maria Hill. Oh, and Coulson. it's all the four letter names. <laughs> so the four letter okay. words are out. I just, I just said as I was taking up going. Oh, and uh, yes, Captain America is not in Captain America. No, that's a dumb statement. You don't have to edit that out because I freely admit that was the stupidest thing I've said today, and I'm lucky. The stupidest and luckily most unimportant thing I've said. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. But man, so let's get perspective, people. But yes, that they're adding T'Challa in, which I yep. knew they would. Black Panther. Uh, Paul Rudd is going to be in it as Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, of course, you've got the Vision. Of course, you've got War Machine, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch. Everybody carries over. Uh, Iron Man. Everybody from Avengers, from the end of Avengers. So yeah. the Caps, Kooky Quintet, or whatever they may call them, they're all going to be there. And uh, then they added Martin Freeman is in the cast. Uh, they're like, who is he going to play? I'm like, I, I don't know. They said somebody Everett Ross, but I don't remember. An, that's rumored that it's Everett Ross, and I don't know as because. Um, William Hurt is coming back as Thunderbolt Ross. So why is Thunderbolt Ross going to be there? But but uh, Bruce Banner isn't. Yeah. He's interesting. But but Thunderbolt Ross. If you watch the end of of uh, which movie ha- uh, of the of Incredible Hulk, Incredible Hulk, yeah. uh, Tony Stark and Thunderbolt Ross know each Talked other at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I would agree the the better version to watch of that is the uh, is the little short film that's on um, 
I think it's the Incredible Hulk disc with Coulson, uh, or it might be an Iron Man two on on the disc. Um, that there's a short where they explain that the whole reason that um, that Tony Stark went to talk to Thunderbolt Ross and Tony Stark didn't even realize it was to make sure that Ross didn't force the abomination into the Avengers initiative. Oh. Because he wanted, they wanted to make sure that Ross did not want to have anything to do with the Avengers, so they sent Tony Stark to convince him he did want to. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a great twist on that. Nice. So I, this is a little short. I, I can't remember what the title of that short is. The Envoy, maybe it's the Envoy or something like that. Um, uh, but anyway, it's uh, I can't remember which disc it's on, which uh, which which film it's yeah, an extra on. Rider. But uh, I know it's in your suitcase, your grand briefcase of, of Marvel Phase 1. It's there. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, – it's so chock full. It's going to be another sprawling – people are going to complain. Except I think and the it's Rus- only a year away. And I, I know. And I think the Russo brothers are going you – know, James Gunn posted this week. goes, hey, just wanted to say I just realized that we're only two years away from the release of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> I'm like, I have to live that long, you know, and I in Civil War is like, yeah, it's only a year away. I trust the Russo brothers who are also going to take over Infinity War yeah. one and two. And I look forward to that, you know, I, I, and I think that they're probably better because when I'd say of, as a stronger film. I love the Avengers. I love. I, I, I liked Avengers: Age of Ultron. My favorite of the Marvel movies is still Guardians of the Galaxy, but um, my second favorite is The Winter Soldier, by the directed by the Russo brothers, who seem to be able to have a better. I think because they didn't have the expectation, maybe that Joss Whedon carries, and Joss can't escape now. He has this reputation. Uh, it's not a bad reputation. It's just no. that he's a was a super well known creator. How do you top yourself time after time? Yeah. You know he can't live up to that. Yeah, un- until he goes back and creates his own little thing again. You right. know, and does a little thing. Um, the Russo brothers are uh, they prove that they can they can walk the line between creating their own. We'll assume individual project, but still answering what Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios wants them to accomplish with each film. And they handled a lot of characters well in there. I don't think that anybody got short shrift in Winter Soldier, though granted it's still a smaller cast. By the time you get to Civil War, we're talking 10, 11 superheroes that every, because, oh yeah, because we didn't even say Scarlett Johansson will be back in that. Right. You know, so Black Widow's going to be there. They're just all over, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's even more sprawling on paper than Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron was. Yeah. So I'm excited for it, but... Uh, I'm curious as to what, since we're basically in a new Marvel universe where there are not many secret identities. So what's the crux of the Civil War? Uh, no, the, the crux of the Civil War was actually released today. Um, that the first mission of... Uh, of the, the new, new Avengers. Avengers is going to go wrong. And therefore, the government wants to have tighter control over the Avengers, which Tony Stark is completely willing to do, although he's probably not on that team. He just comes in. Because I think he even said it. It says the Age of Ultron, I'm out of here, I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, so he comes back as Iron Man. It's kind of a one-last-time thing. And so which, it's kind of like the introduction of Peter Gergich from... Which might be who Martin Freeman is, Henry yeah. Peter Gergich. And, no, and I've seen one person say it, and I thought, that's a really good choice. Yeah. 
that that would be very interesting because what I what I posited, uh, Ross Ritchie posted, and said like, okay, my fan friends, you know, who, who do you think Martin Freeman's playing? And I went, he's probably, you know, somebody said it was going to be British, and I said, no, he's not because of Fargo. I know he can drop the accent. Oh yeah, uh, would not drop it because it's his. He, he can cover it. it. He can anyway. adopt an American accent, and I think he's going to be a passive aggressive, uh, irritating government bureaucrat. And yeah. then when somebody said Henry Peter Garage, I'm like, duh. Of course, that's who yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly who I described. That's it. And I think he's he's a good choice for that. Not only because I mean, Gyrich wasn't a muscular guy; but he was a tall guy, and that that thing is yeah. really thin. But but to put somebody smaller who appears inoffensive, it's just like his Watson on yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, because Watson is a badass, but he doesn't look like he should right, be. Right, right, right. Um, so it, it's it's just uh, it. it, it much going on yep. uh but anyway that's that's what that's going to cause the civil war there uh is is allegedly that and which i think it, it made sense and you've already and you've got this and, and downey robert downey jr says something interesting too which really quickly gets bleeped by an age of ultron there's already there's a problem between steve rogers and tony stark that has not been brought to the surface which is that steve knew Howard Stark, as a young, vibrant man, ah. they were friends. Tony Stark has been very clearly established, feeling that his father didn't love him. The only time that he's seen it has been in a Interesting. film. I hadn't even thought of that. And so here's this guy, and, and there is one moment where where Steve says something about, I thought your dad told me that a father told me he'd gotten the last of it, and that of the vibranium. The vibranium, yeah. And so it's a little reminder that, Steve worked with him, knew him. They yeah. were peers. Yeah, they yeah. were friends. And Tony doesn't have that relationship with Howard at all. So he's constantly – he's get, Tony Stark has daddy issues. That's been very clear throughout oh, yeah. the three, three movies. Steve Rogers doesn't have them at all. You know, it, it, it's just – again, I got to say I, – I, Ironic because he didn't have a daddy. You go, or yeah, but you go back. I, I just want to say it throughout there again because I think it was Esquire that posted something about uh, about Chris Evans as as Steve Rogers. I want to say I said it after Winter Soldier. I'll say it again. Even in this film, Chris Evans is so iconically Steve Rogers, like Christopher Reeve was oh, yeah. Superman. Yeah, that it's and Esquire's argument was. It might have been Vanity Fair, as I take that back. It's one of those hoity-toity ones. Um, they're sounding ones that um, playing Captain America has brought out the best of Chris Evans as an actor in the same time as he's bringing out the best in what Steve Rogers represents. And I'm like, yeah, they're the right. Yeah. That guy is one of those roles, you know, on his epitaph will be he was Steve Rogers, and I just can't imagine anybody fulfilling the role in that way, mm-hmm. I think we're a long time before they have to reboot anyway. You know, I think the Marvel Universe is just going to go generational because Sebastian stands back. So Winter Soldier is going to be in, yeah. in that, you know. So Infinity War Part 1 is going to be like all those characters and you're holding Robert Downey Jr. back for one last film as Iron Man, you know, uh, for Part 2. And yeah. although, Lord, you do want to see Star-Lord trade quips. <laughs> Go up against Tony Stark so I want to see Tony Stark in space. I want to see him out there on on nowhere and uh, yeah, because that was a great run in the book. I would like to see that. I just don't think it's that. I I think Downey is uh, yeah. I don't think he's tired because you you notice how many interviews about the Marvel Cinematic Universe 
Robert Downey Jr. steps forward and is the spokesperson. It is interesting. I, I think. I, I think. I don't think he does does not look stale or tired at all. No, but I think he is a much better actor than than anyone get, has given him credit for in years. And I think he he may just be tired of continuing to do that. Maybe you know. Maybe not I, that he, not that he's lying or anything. It's just you you have to put a certain face on for that. Well, he's always been a great uh, a great actor, and you see that with you know there is a little thing that goes through Age of Ultron where he reminds me just like his Sherlock Holmes, which are not great yeah. movies necessarily, but his Sherlock Holmes is you can see in the quiet moments a guy frustrated with always having to be the smartest Smart person thing. in the room. And Tony Stark is often that way too, but in a different way. Tony Stark my favorite Tony Stark scene in that movie was The Secret Door. Please let it be secret. Please let it be secret. Let me see and then, and then you can't—you almost can't hear it because the audience yeah. gets a little loud. But when he goes through the door and he makes the turn, he goes yippee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there were lots of things. Uh, so many nice little subtle things there. Which uh, is <laughs> the moment when Steve Rogers moves Mjolnir, and you see Thor yeah. panic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I might not be the only worthy one. <laughs> You know, I mean, there are character bits that we go back to. So um, let's talk about, and it's too bad that Nate couldn't call in, um, because we're going to talk about his favorite subject, which is uh, Josh Trank and the Fantastic Four. Um, so uh, apparently this is, enough of this is leaked. This is, this is I, I don't, I don't take glee in this. Um, it, but enough has come, it was in the Hollywood Reporter, so this is yeah. real stuff. Uh, Josh Trank, who is supposed to direct what has now been revealed to be the Boba Fett spinoff film uh-huh. from Star Wars, uh, was not at Star Wars Celebration, and people kind of noticed that. And it was because Disney was very quietly negotiating to fire him. Uh, and the reason that they were quietly negotiating to fire him is because uh, Fox producer Simon Kinberg, who had written co-written X-Men Age of Apocalypse, uh, well, yeah, Apocalypse and... Uh, co-written some i think the script for screenplay for fantastic four and had done days of future past um we had talked about how they had to go back in for reshoots on fantastic four right simon kinberg was the one who had to do it because and oversee it because trank was so out of control and so uncooperative and apparently they rented (laughs) i mean like not taking notes from the producers not taking notes difficult to work with uh a a young guy now i've said it before i'll say it again i have not seen chronicle by all accounts a very interesting film but also a very different kind of film than what they and 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 i'm not going to necessarily lay the blame for fantastic four on josh trank he was hired by fox to give whatever Trank style is, and this is happening to filmmakers all all the time. The guy made one movie that hit. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean yet he right. has a style that he has. And 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 these young directors it's are a gimmick film anyway. It is a gimmick film, but it's just like Godzilla. It's a, it's a good gimmick, and it's well carried. The out, guy, but... the guy directing the first uh, Star Wars spinoff, Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, Gareth uh, Edwards who directed Godzilla after directing Monster. There, Monsters. There it is again. As a guy who did one film, they went, oh, they handed Godzilla to him, and, and Disney had already scooped him up after, before Godzilla had even come out to work on the Star Wars franchise because he's the hot young director mm-hmm. who made one movie that people liked. 
The only time I've ever seen a filmmaker do that, handle this correctly and it was like 30 years ago and it's just not going to happen anymore because the way the culture eats its own is Robert Townsend when he came out with Hollywood Shuffle and I heard him speak at UCLA right after Hollywood Shuffle came out and he said he was immediately offered a three picture deal I can't remember which studio did it but he but he was smart enough and had knocked around the business long enough to have seen this happen and said let's make it a one picture deal it's almost like what happened on Silicon Valley. Don't overvalue me. Right, <laughs> you know, right, right. He's, he's make it a one-picture deal and see if it works. And then if it doesn't, if we don't work well together, if I'm an indie filmmaker who can't do, you know, uh, then okay. Now, I don't know how much of that was spin or hype on his part, but I, thought, I always thought that was the smart decision. Mm-hmm. Whether he meant to do it or not, that was the smartest because I think the movie that came out was Meteor Man, um, and hmm. so, which I actually kind of like Meteor Man. I know what he was trying to do, but it was also a little bit beyond, you know, where he was at uh, technically as a director. So this is the same thing happening. Fantastic Four was possibly you have two things, possibly out of Trank's where his skill level was there. But he's also constantly being told he's a genius. So allegedly, like, they rented him a house in New Orleans and his dogs did $100,000 worth of damage to the property because he left them alone while he was filming. So, you know, he, he's a young guy, big shot behavior. I don't know how much of this is true, so here we are being gossips. But but, yeah. but it is in The Hollywood Reporter. It, it, so it is legitimately reported news that enough of this – Disney didn't spin. They let him give us things like, I've chosen to pursue other projects. They let him resign publicly, and then it leaked out this week. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Disney Disney wanted him to save face, but in this culture, how do you save face when everybody's like, you know. You own so, it. So you own it, and he didn't really own it. Yeah. And, and, this, and Hollywood still doesn't actually allow you to own it. They have spins, and you, everybody's always constantly trying to read behind between the lines. And here it, here it is. Uh, once again, Simon Kinberg says, you know, Fantastic Four is going to be okay. But, you know, you can see the codes from from Fox of, like, it's not the movie we went. And that's partially Fox's fault. They hired him to do whatever his style was. They got his style, and they said, oh, that's not what we hired you to do. And, yes, yeah. it is. Except, like I said, I don't know that the guy has a style yet. I'd be real. I'm not turning my back on Josh Trank. I still want to find Chronicle. I couldn't find it. Like really? I, I subscribe. No, I mean because I, I subscribe to like. Okay, I got HBO. I got Cinema. Uh, not Cinema. I got Stars. I've got Hulu, which Netflix. Don't even try to find a damn movie on Hulu. But <laughs> you know, because their interface makes no damn sense whatsoever. But um, but I've got Netflix and I've got Amazon Prime. And out of, I'd say, four reliable movie source, streaming sources, oh, okay. I could not find Chronicle on it at all. I think I got it as a disc off Netflix. Yeah, but I don't have the, I don't have the discs. Gotcha. So, I, so um, I did, it, it, I'm sure it will wrap around again. And, I, and it's a movie I intend to see. But it's just kind of... <laughs> Gee, first world problem of my four streaming services. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I can't watch the movie I want to watch. Tonight. Oh, as I said, my new hashtag: first world nerd problems. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's that. Josh is off of Star Wars. It's actually in my DVD queue right now. 
Yeah. So I, I I must have watched it someplace else. Maybe I went to the theater. What an odd thing. Uh, it happens. Yeah. I've seen independent movies there as well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the last thing we talk about in movies is that uh, Hugh Jackman is working on Wolverine 3 and is announced yet again this will be his final turn as Wolverine after saying he wanted to play Wolverine forever. So I say it's until he decides he's got one more in him. Yeah. But I also think, let's be honest, Wolverine's the unaging character He's been playing it since 1999. That's 16 years. Yeah, but he's been pretty unaging so far. Oh, I I agree. But yeah. you know, we're it's going to catch up with him one weekend, and we're all going to hit it. You look, re- yeah. you've got to really. I, I dread it. You know that 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 you get like sadly that this is the best I'm ever going to look, and then one day it's going to go downhill from here. Oh my <laughs> god, because uh, I have a face made for podcasting. Uh, so it, it, it's. He has been in great shape. It's just, it's just, it does make sense that I don't know that it, that he should pass it. Although I saw some people speculating, like online, who would be a great Wolverine to replace. And oh. my favorite suggestion, my favorite suggestion, and it's going to blow your mind. Even though on a lot of levels, it also doesn't make sense. Okay, Kevin Hart. Okay, because he's small. Because he's small, yeah, super buffed, yeah. But I'll be honest. Okay, where it doesn't make sense is he's black for a character whose origins and his voice is a little high. I no, that's his that's his stage persona. I okay, that's his stage persona. He has actually I've seen him on the on like the he was on somebody's reality show when they were taking like an Uber around and yeah. But he's also very conscious of that. I think okay. he could lower it. I think he's a great you know, I, actor, and he's also, by the way, absolutely hilarious. I can't think of the Not guy's the name right now, funny, but, but I would go with the, from um, True Blood, the guy who played the werewolf. Joe Mangiello? Yeah. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad, but he's almost as old, actually, Is he? As, as Hugh Jackman, so you'd only get one or two out of great choice i agree good actor really yeah. like him but i think if you're going to recast why not take rule back to get him a younger age get it get a, sure. well, but get a younger and smaller person because so that it is more so like they've never the gotten the, was. the wolverine from because well, he's six one yeah you know and but it doesn't matter because i've heard I, uh len Wein said it again at, at wondercon like um who apparently how nice hugh jackman is hugh jackman has absolutely befriended len Wein for having created wolverine and uh, when they're in in town, uh, you know, any X Men film, any X Men project, he calls Len and you know just says, "Am I seeing you on this? Are you going to be involved?" Uh, you know, so I, I like that thought that Hugh Jackman's that much of a gentleman. Yeah. Um, but you know, but Len Wein said, you know, when you see Hugh Jackman up against in that cage match, it's like, okay, so he's about a foot taller than Wolverine should be. That's still Wolverine. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Wolverine. There's no question. So, uh, I'm looking forward to Wolverine 3 because it's the same guy who d- wrote and directed The Wolverine. Mm-hmm. James Mangold, I think is his name. And uh, I love The wolf- the Wolverine. Uh, so not so much a fan of X-Men Origins Wolverine, but, you know, um, we must spit over our shoulders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, we should move on to TV because we, we got brand new news. We did. We did. It just came in. Uh, ABC has announced that there will be a second season of Agent Carter. Yay. I think this is great, and I hope there's like 100% more Howard Stark. There won't be. 
And you know why? Why not? Because another item I have, we didn't talk about last week, Dominic Cooper has been cast as Jesse Custer in Preacher. So they have to recast Howard Stark. No, I just think there won't be more Howard Stark uh, because, well, yeah, I'm sure I'm I'm sure it could be arranged if ABC, if you if if, if Agent Carter sticks with the same thing of being like only eight episodes, and we yeah. already know that Preacher's probably going to be at They're most both, ten or eleven episodes yeah. because it's a TNT show short shoots short shoots that they can be they can be shared. I think that Dominic Cooper as Jesse Custer is I think it's a damn great. good choice, uh, but he's a great Howard Stark as well. Yeah. So and uh, I didn't like I didn't like the pop in Howard Stark. I want the Howard. And one of my favorite books that didn't catch with anybody, I think, except for me, was um, was uh, the uh, which the, the Shield, which had Howard Stark and um, Reed Richards' father. Oh, the Jonathan Hickman book. Yeah, the Hickman book. Yeah. Um, and you know them palling around the Marvel universe, the nascent power Marvel universe was really kind of cool. And I, I, I'd like to see Howard as like a full partner or like a precursor to Nick Fury. To, well, what I'd like to see, well, because that is a, that is a missing piece. Yeah. How did Nick Fury and Howard start? Because it's clear in at least Iron Man two that Nick knew Howard really well. Mm-hmm. So, Somebody's got to be a young Samuel L. Jackson in there. But the other thing that needs to be reconciled, just because it was such a great little short, is the Agent Carter short. Right, right. Up against the Zodiac, where it's uh, it's definitely, a, it's in a different place in time. It's it Bradley, uh, he, she has a different boss. Um, I want to say Bradley Cooper, and that's not right. No. Uh, Bradley Whitford, Brad Whitford, oh, yeah. uh, is playing her super, uh, superior, and it's really before Shields been founded. And to be fair, so was Agent Carter the first season of Agent Carter. Right, so but clearly, the science police or whatever they were, the, yeah, that, that's obviously going to be going Shield. to be Shield, and it could or still, lead into and it the could necessity still fit with of a what Shield. Bradley Whitford was doing as well. Yeah. Who's that boss? Um, and they and they certainly left room at the end for it to sort of almost have a reset with a new boss. So that uh, she could be doing what she's doing, what she's doing, and it, it doesn't—they're not necessarily at odds. But we need to get there. So I think that—and there's rumor that there's going to be a, yet another spinoff. That it was supposed to be—it was possible it was going to be Bobby Chase. So mm. you Mockingbird and Hawkeye shippers—that ain't happening for reasons of Age of Ultron, which I didn't have a big problem with because no. that's more out of all, the Ultimates. Though Hawkeye has. Uh, wife and children in in the Ultimates, who ultimately Black Widow kills uh, in the comics. So, but uh, I mean, I I was actually hoping for a Jeremy Renner appearance on Agents of Shield because I, I'm surprised of the that hasn't happened. Yet. Uh, but I know, but I'm I'm still surprised that a Jeremy Renner because that would go a lot uh, better towards. You saw Shield last night, or, or sorry, two nights ago. I, I watched it last night. Um, that. Uh, the the age of ultron crossover yeah is almost so matter of fact and after the fact that all it really does all it really does is spoil things for for age of ultron they didn't have to did you but and it's a weakness in age of ultron too there was uh almost had a line about 
about uh, Colson saving thousands of lives. Yes. And is that just because of what they did in flushing out Strucker? No. What was it? Because he'd done, uh, because he'd saved the helicarrier. Because the helicarrier carried away oh. thousands of lives. Because he'd been working in secret to keep the helicarrier, uh, oh, to rebuild the I didn't put that together. That's what it was. And that, but, that, see, but that's how awkward a fit it was. Yeah. And, you know, that that it's like, oh, uh, over in Sokovia and Ultron, which is my problem in Age of Ultron, I will say another spoiler is for, especially after after S.H.I.E.L.D. last week where Reyna is like, oh, metal men. It's like you never see. Yeah. And it's a two and a half hour movie. I understand. It's so jam packed as it is. But you never see the impact of the rest of the world being terrified that there's right. this android or this intelligence running around making duplicates of itself, not killing anybody, which is not Ultron. Right. You know, and and, and the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode sort of ended with that Im- implication that, oh, my God, he's going to be like this mass murderer. He really doesn't. And I was I, also disappointed that the the whole adamantium thing has been lessened so much by the movies that that Ultron now He's was at, it was it only used to create the vision the vibranium not the vibranium. adamantium you can't even vibranium. I, don't think, I don't think they can use adamantium because that's fox right uh, but uh the vibranium was only used to create the vision oh, okay and yet I, there was an implication in the trailer that he was going to coat himself in vibranium because right. there's a shot that's I thought did I miss it because I had to go to the bathroom once when I first saw it and right I went and again there's a liquid and I'm like did I, of, did I did I miss that and that is part of the Ultron yeah my, uh, mythos that that and I realized that this week's Shield the beginning with Edward James almost and Phil Coulson was almost like Top Gun like you are unsafe oh, but God. you can ride my tail anytime. No, you can ride mine. And, I, I mean, it really did feel like that. And and it was just kind of an afterthought to say, see, we're part of the Marvel Universe, too. We're part of the same. It's all connected. So that was awkward, although I really like, oh, finally, finally, they're saying that Cal is Mr. Hyde. Right. Finally. Like, what's this What's this potion we forgot to mention ever before? Except right. I think he'd had a briefcase. He was like, well, you know... Oh, the, the, him him getting angry and smashing the table. Oh, was that an antique? That that was. Uh, yeah. I think that was the first time we've seen him do anything super powered on camera. On camera, they had implied it before, right. and I was like, "Come on, just say he's Mister Hyde." Yeah. And they finally gave that clue, you know. And I was like, "Great, good." Where the Inhumans are going? Although I'm I, I suspect that that is a is a rogue cell. Those are the humans that are going, and then there's going to be Adelan. There's really going to be right. Black Bolt and Medusa, right. and they've all been there completely separate. So there's all these humans that have been passing down the legacy, and then there are people that have been the Inhumans all along and known who they are and truly because known. Because Sky's mother is obviously not all she appears to be. Right. And, yeah. Right, but I think she's I think she's completely separate. I, I, yeah. I think that they've all been completely separate. That that she's that, been she's been bringing people into her group and they're not necessarily the main Inhumans, right? Yeah, because it's the only way that's going to work. Yeah, because they just feel too, again, seventies TV the splinter version. cell. They're just yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you thank you for by the way for posting on the Facebook page the pictures of Brian Singer announcing the road cut, and yet this is this is it's not the most passive for journalism. This is like really I got an email saying. You want to tune in at nine because we're going to make an announcement about the road cut, 
And the announcement about the rogue cut ended up being, hey, there's going to be a rogue, rogue cut, cut <laughs> of Days of Future Past. It was actually more interesting. To, well, the, there were two weird weird things about one that you get this thing, and then it's a, a link that you can only watch on an iOS device running this Periscope app, which is like, okay, so. I hear people yeah. talk about this Periscope, and we might want to try, I don't know, maybe, maybe. we'll try. Tr- we'll tr- I'll play with we'll it. We'll try streaming a podcast once to see if people want to watch us sit here. I can't imagine it. Oh. I can't either, but good lord, I don't get I don't get those, you know and I have a really Right good, in if you think you would. I don't get those people doing the video games playing, you know, but this Yeah, it's different. That's like sports. <laughs> it is. It really is. I know. I just saw some sitcom making that argument like it's a sports, they're competing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's big business, it's big money. I know it is. No, I have a friend who does it. Uh, yeah. Cream Pananas. Uh, he's in Shakespeare, uh, Shakespeareans, and he does. He's he's making a ton of money streaming that. So, anyway, so um, maybe half ton. I forgot what the other thing was. Well, you were watching the Periscope app, and okay, yeah. so the, watching the Periscope app, and and then the other thing was, it was actually more interesting to watch him walk around the set and see, like he walks by a whole rack of costumes and props, and you're like going, "Hey, slow down for a second. I want to see what's there." I'll bet. And the 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 fact that he's he he actually said he was in a wheel uh, in a in a um uh, what wheel wheel covers wheel well no no wheel uh, hubcap factory okay. Okay. and he was actually and then he shows here's the hubcaps it's actually they're manhole covers <laughs> sorry sorry they're not hubcaps unless those are huge cars yeah um but watching watching uh, he's walking and you're realizing this set which is probably just like um a couple of scenes with magneto in a yeah. fight scene, but all these people that are around there and all yeah. the you know, all the work that's going on setting up whatever yeah. they're going to do, um, it was really kind of cool to see him on the set. And he, and he took everyone back to see his trailer, which was just so Hollywood. Um, although he was in some place in Europe, uh, yeah, I don't know where the Norway family. or something like that. But it, it was just it was just a whole lot of we knew this was happening. Yeah, they've been talking about it for months that there's a rogue cut coming, and then that was it. I'm like, ah. Uh. And I'll give Brian Singer this though. Credit is that he's been really good about using social media. So it's in, that's probably why they did the Periscope. It's interesting to kind of push that because he's a very forward thinking with social media. Because he's been tweeting, I assume with the studio's approval. But you know, he's the one, he's tweeting photographs of everybody in costume and character, and especially the the young ones. Sophie Turner as the here's the new Jean Grey. Here's Cody Smith McPhee as Nightcrawler. You know, and he looks like Nightcrawler. Great, ooh, awesome. Yeah, you know, I, you know but they're all showing up on Twitter, you know, and Instagram, and he's yeah. and he's releasing that, and and I, you know, there's somebody in the studio going, "What is he doing? Uh, <laughs> you know, how do I okay, how do they, I buy this Twitter? Is this this is what the kids are doing? Okay, do I right. subscribe to this? Yeah. Is this like, yes, like you HBO? Do. You do, um, you know. So so I give him credit for that, but it's just funny to me. I'm like, yeah, and then I'm mad that I'm like, oh, here is a a Blu-ray I bought that I will probably never have to watch now because. I want the road cut. Road cut. Yeah. Although probably I want both versions because just because it exists, yeah, doesn't mean that it's a better cut, right? And that's the that's the other thing. I mean, I noticed that after you know, but I, this is a little tip for anybody: if you buy the unrated director's cut of any comedy, you I ninety five percent of the time you are better off watching the theatrical version because. Right. They cut all the fun, funny jokes, and they left them more swearing. Yeah. And so, you know, and they put in all the unfunny jokes back, and you're like, oh, my God, the timing is killed on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't watch the unrated Ted. Oh, Lord. Really? One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And the unrated, I'm like, the unrated one's going to be great. And it was just like, oh, you 
I've never seen Ted. I'm sure Don't watch the unrated one. Okay. Um, because if you have any hope of finding it funny, it has to be the the, the theatrical cut. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, and of course, uh, we got more superhero shows today. Oh, man. So CBS announced yesterday that uh, Supergirl's got a full season. Uh, so that's great news. Uh, Her logo looks great. I didn't see a logo. I, I didn't. They had a they had a shot of uh, upper torso and oh oh you mean the shield? Okay, yeah, yes, the shield, yes, no. shield logo looked no, good. No, I know. I mean that's on the website. I've had and I yeah. I Instagrammed. Mm, I Instagrammed those photos months ago uh, of the first couple of shots that they released. And uh, so I, you know, and by Los Angeles, it's like CBS had its doubts and they, and they liked the pilot so much that they, you know, went to and I'm like, great. Okay, cool. And then that again, worst kept secret in CW history besides, you know, it's going to become the CW uh, is that uh, they're moving forward with a third uh, show set in the same universe as Arrow and The Flash. A spinoff that was being clearly built for Firestorm and The Atom uh, is... Legends of Tomorrow. I'm still hoping that title changes because uh, of all the titles you could have <laughs> that DC has in DC. In fact, I've even seen it listed as DC's Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I hope that's not the title because you know why they do that. Because Legends of Tomorrow does not sound like a superhero. No, show. You're, you're right. It doesn't. But that's why you could go with. The Brave and the Bold. Yeah. You could go Justice Society because they're making a Justice League movie. Go ahead. You've got Hot Girl. Go ahead and call the Justice Society. I don't care that they're not really the Justice Society lineup. Yeah. Um, but it does sound like the, the Rip Hunter is going to be the the core of this and probably where most of the most of the storylines well, follow. Like I said, you can't because they've, they've got Dominic Purcell and Wentworth Miller in as, as Heat Wave and Captain Cold. Right. And they're listed as regulars. They're not far enough along in their rogues development to be the morally ambiguous characters yet. Uh, that that they you know because eventually Len Snart at least after Forever Evil has joined the the Justice League. Mm-hmm. But again, this is sort of the Batman v Superman problem. You can't telescope uh, or condense down. 70 years well in, in in captain cold's you know 50 years of character development right and evolution into a television season you're not there yet you can't introduce the captain cold the way we know captain cold and- but don't you think that the captain cold we know now hasn't been 50 years of of i think he's been probably pretty two-dimensional through maybe Thirty-five to forty of those years. Oh, I agree. Jeff Johns did some great yeah, things. Yeah, mostly with Johns, but it's been, but it's been fifteen years. Yeah. Okay. So you still, but you still can't condense fifteen years it's of true. development, which was still playing off of right. what others had done. The rogues were always sort of there was a weird code of honor uh, with with Barry Allen, and they just started to do that. And I, I think that they need to sneak off, and they, and they need to be. Immortal. They're almost like they're from opposing fraternities. You know? Yes, they need to sneak. They need to be able to, to flow more naturally back and forth between series. Right. Uh, that's why I want Captain Cold to be recurring on The Flash. And just every now and then he's like, I'm back in town. And you yeah. know, maybe that's the excuse. Uh, that's an excuse for a crossover. Yeah. We, I, but I don't want a crossover. I just want yeah. Captain Cold bedeviling. And I want him to sure. full on get the costume. He's He's got a parka. But I want him to really just go, 
screw it. If you're in a costume, I'm in a costume, you know, and, and, and go for it. Um, so anyway, it's got the Adam, it's got rip Hunter, which means maybe we will see booster gold. It's an interesting reversal to introduce Rip Hunter first, the yeah. son, and then if the father shows up, like uh, he's from 500 years in the future, that's interesting. That'll keep a viewer. Um, Black Canary is supposedly joining over there as well. Uh, it's the Black Canary who died, though, isn't it? Katie Lots. Which one is which? I she was well, the, the so it may be. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so did she get snatched out of in a moment in time or time travel is possible? Yeah. Anyway, so and I like that Hawk Girl's in there, so it, it should be uh, an interesting show. Especially if they don't treat her just like a human being with a Hawk Girl costume, right? And because what I, the 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 Thangarians were interesting once they started acting like aliens on Earth. The other thing I might say is if they go with which what Smallville had done was that they were the reincarnations. Yeah. Yeah, because you, either origin can be interesting. You just have to have commit to which it is, right? And not not somebody who's went to high school with everybody else. The and, only suspicion yeah. I have there is I think I don't think they do Thanagarians because at this point they haven't been introduced. They haven't introduced the, aliens. Yeah, but Supergirl, which because it's on a different network now, they're saying they're really not talking about crossovers. That they're produced by the same people. This raises a larger question. It's very clear in every description that she's following in the footsteps of her cousin. Yeah. So it's a show that has to handle the question of who Superman is. Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Um, so uh, we shall see. We shall see. Looking forward to it. Then, of course, DC exploded all over the place with Machinima online with uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters Chronicles, which is weird that we're going to see this online series released online before the next animated film goes to video which is july 28th i think which is dc which is justice league gods and monsters a bruce tim complete alternate universe where everybody's evil borrowing from red rain batman is a vampire wonder woman is uh uh just a, a warrior prince probably closer to the flashpoint version and superman is just flat out a bad guy so um they're doing this an this animated series online as well as they're launching, which I do like the hashtag for hero, um, the girl that has the app that turns her into superheroes, a live action wacky guy, which I hope would have some interactivity. The most interesting thing for me is. Which is a spinoff of Dial H for Hero. Dial H for Hero. Right. But no, but the character is, is it, it, I won't call it a spinoff. It's an evolution. Yeah, yeah. Again, back to the idea of if you're going to rethink the concept for 2015, that makes a disturbing amount of sense. Yeah. And They're vamping on the concept. Especially if it's an online series to just go, who's watching us? People with iPads and yeah. uh, with, with tablets. And How meta. I'm watching this on my iPad the, the, and she's using an iPad to change it. Yes. Uh, and maybe there'll be interactivity because the original, I mean, China Mielville's, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing his or her name right. Uh, him. Is it a him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, China Mielville. Mielville. Yeah, China. Uh, his uh, his uh, dial H for hero uh, was did not have the the reader participation because he he was so chock full of weird ideas. But the original series 
was uh, that readers could submit superheroes, which is part of what made it so wacky. Right. Because it was kids suggesting these, like, wild King Candy. Uh, it's my favorite. And uh, Mighty Moppet. And- well, that was what the, I mean, when, when the new 52 version came out, they were pretty crazy. They were. But I was trying to add his ideas, but they weren't. Yeah. But, but they it, weren't the ones that created but it by wasn't the readers. Ki- it wasn't yeah. readers. Okay, dial H was just what that was called um, because there were because there were other dials, which was an interesting idea that China introduced. Uh, there had been a previous one called uh, series called Hero um, by Will Pfeiffer, I think, about ten fifteen years ago that had brought back Robbie Reed, and there was an Adventure Comics one in the eighties where it was uh, brother and sister. Who inherited, oh, the, who inherited the dial? Yeah. So, but it's still that interactivity. So, I think this by running it, if they've got enough lead time between episodes, sure, could dial up. And then the next thing is a reality well, what's series. An obvious thing for that, if they're reading on a specific application, they can, can then submit. communicate right away back to but it. But it is still going through YouTube. I mean, assume everything. Everything in the press materials have said Machinima is a YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Uh It's. Uh, but YouTube videos can have links. Yeah, so and it's it. true. That's true. I just have no idea how to do that. But yes, yeah. um, there's another series in there. There's a reality series, which the rules have not been posted yet. People getting through challenges in order to make, and I find this so fascinating that this is the title they used, to make a sh- what is essentially a fan film about James Robinson's Starman series. Mm. And so uh, there's a lot of things right for that, but, but the rules, Jeff Johns is, is one of the judges. There's going to be so it says several celebrity judges, but this is a series of challenges. So I don't know. They haven't given everything for this. It's the Hero Project, I think is what it's called. I'm looking forward to see it, but it is mm-hmm. interesting because at WonderCon, James brought up when somebody at, at his spotlight panel asked that, like, you know, what would you feel how, about a Star Band series? And he goes, you've been lucky that they haven't come to fruition yet because I've seen two or three scripts. And because I knew they had tried years ago to develop for ABC, and he said oh, it was terrible. Because I think it's part of what makes Starman work so well as a book. Are you going to get some producer who thinks he's buying the one, the movie Jeff Bridges was in? Uh, Lon Lopez already made that joke. Oh, and I, like, are you trolling me? Uh, and uh, and that's when I made the brilliant realization that they're called trolls because they're trying to get my goat. Uh, so. <laughs> I had not pieced that together till this week. I'm not no, even sure. Uh, trolling is what a fisherman does off the back of a boat. That's true, but I, but I think the, I think my Billy Goat Scruff connection makes more there sense. There you go. It it can work both ways. <laughs> it does. Uh, so and then other things that are not DC related is that they're actually doing a RoboCop series for Machinima, but it's not based off the remake. It's based off the original Peter Weller uh, in a, version. Uh, there's a couple of other series uh, that are uh, High School 51, so about the only human student in a high school that's in Area 51. So he's going to school with all these aliens. Nice. Orlando Jones is uh, producing and I'm not sh- and starring as the principal, I guess. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting concept. So uh, kind of reverse Men in Black. Yeah, Machinima has been doing a lot of stuff for a while. I've been aware, but I thought they were an IGN spinoff, but the press release didn't say anything about IGN, so maybe not. Mm. Or maybe they have just spun off literally and become a completely separate thing. I've seen some things mentioned about them before, and I've watched videos that have had their imprint. So it's an interesting YouTube channel. I still find it really weird to have, even on YouTube, the idea that there are channels with programming, but I know that it happens. Geek and Sundry is one. And, yeah. You know. uh, so... Uh, it's interesting to move forward and that DC is making such a huge stride forward 
with that where I don't think that Marvel has quite conquered that. That's interesting. Once again, I think Marvel owns the movies, but television is definitely being dominated by DC and this new media is definitely being, is it new media anymore? Or can we say like the new 52? It's the, eh, we've been there, done that 52. It's uh, been there, done that media. What's the next thing? We'll see. But they're definitely trying some interesting stuff. And uh, just as we say, part of their dominance remains the flash. It was a satisfying grot episode. That's all I want to say there. Cause I want to get to the video game things. The first thing I'll say is you probably didn't know Nintendo has settled, has signed a deal with Universal, so we're going to have Mario at the amusement parks, and they're going to make Nintendo rides, which somehow feels really w- weird. Uh, we're gonna have to jump and leap from platform to platform. What is what is what is the Super Mario Kart ride gonna have to offer that Super Mario Kart does not? Bananas and fireballs. Uh, well, I mean they're there too. I mean, you know, once you put actual a 3D, in, actual I mean, injuries. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> they've just signed the deal, so don't know any details on where they're gonna go. But Nintendo has and Universal have both acknowledged that they are in a partnership to start developing attractions based on uh, on Nintendo rides, uh, Nintendo properties. The big news, though, honestly, um, we have talked about it. We have speculated we about have speculated it. speculated heavily And um, I think everything was confirmed. That's all I could say is, oh, you're welcome, Internet. We've been right for months, uh, for years, really. Uh, is that Dis- uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 was announced this week, uh, which will be front and center Clone Wars because you come you can't get with an Ana, Anakin and a uh, which is interesting that it's Clone Wars Anakin and and Darth Maul and Darth Maul so but it's not Rebels and it's de- and and I understand why they're not leading I actually didn't think it said said Clone Wars um, but they look like yeah it, it, it's it, it's from it's from it's, that yeah. it's from the first trilogy so right. we'll call it Clone Wars because Maul showed back up in. Clone Wars as well. He's come back, and I saw the cosplay. Drew Campbell uh, took a picture of it. There was a guy because he had a mechanical bottom half, and so somebody cosplayed as that. Yeah. Um, so I understand why they're not leading with with Episode Seven because they still don't want you to see right. anything about. But they've it. got that planned. Oh, they do yeah. absolutely. So three point was announced. You have that. You have Tron. You have the uh, actually with Star Wars is is two. There are two playsets. Yes, there's the there's the one from the Clone Wars era, and then there's the. And there will be an episode seven. No, there's going to be a New Hope as well. Oh, well, and that right. one has uh, Luke, and oh, I've forgotten who the other one is. It's, it's funny, Darth Vader is not in the playset. It's uh, well, it'll probably be like what they did with Marvel. Is the villain figures didn't come out until later. Yeah, for two point And I, it's also interesting because they have uh, they have of course Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars, and they have Darth Vader too. So you'd be able to play. You could play Anakin versus. Will there Darth be a Vader. connection? Yes, yeah, so in the playset. Yes, yeah. okay, in the toy box rather. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw a vision, uh, a design for Chewie. Uh, but I don't know if there's a figure for Chewie or it's just that, you know, there are a lot of not NPCs. There's been a lot of videos. I've watched all the videos. I haven't watched any of the videos yet. I just yeah. went, oh, good, I'm right. Uh, you know, the, 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 there's the, those and uh, Tron, uh, Flynn, uh, Sam Flynn, mm-hmm. and, and Quora, yep. which have been available digitally on, digitally on the toy box. Right. Right. So, uh, which I thought was a mistake on Disney's part that, oh, they're only digital. There should be figures. Everybody wants a figure. Well, good. I guarantee that Gaz Gretzky will buy two Infinity figures, and those will be them. There had better be a Tron playset, not a toy box. I want a Tron game yeah. because uh, it has been so frustrating since uh, the first 
Disney Infinity that you can have. Well, there have been any number of, of uh, downloadable Tron play sets that people have made that have been They're essentially toy boxes. games. They're toy boxes. Yeah, and some of those designers are very good at yeah. doing the games. There was a great, I, I played a really great Nightmare Before Christmas game too. Um, uh, so I, I haven't experienced I haven't done that much with Disney Infinity 2.0 yeah. uh, still, so because I've still only played it like three times. But I've got many figures, and I keep buying more. But the interesting thing, okay, and you get a regular Mickey and Minnie are making their debut. Yeah, those look cool. Uh, so that that is cool. Um, and uh, Snowman from uh, Olaf. Olaf, they're yeah. long overdue for Olaf. Oh my gosh! I mean, that was the thing about 1.0. It was like Luke. And I said, "You got the princesses," and he goes, I, "But I want Olaf." You know, I mean. Uh, and I guess that the problem is that they have to design – they don't have to because all these games are being played – because all of them are being set on platforms that can have downloadable content. They're not pushing updates to the game where you can expand a, a, right. a, a, play, a play set. You, you can't add one. I just they, remember the other figure, uh, Hulkbuster Armor. You did. Uh, you mentioned that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, uh, you mentioned it to me earlier. So, yeah. Best Armor, which means it's probably another Marvel playset. Um, by the way, if you haven't gotten into it, perfect time. I, I don't know how long this is going to last, but right now, it's it's uh, forty dollars for a starter kit for two point And they have announced that they're lowering the price for the I starter saw that. kits. Too. I saw that today. I, I went on this to, new. I went on to GameStop. I got an email that uh, said, and I went, "Oh, I wonder what the you know is there any." Like with Infinity 2.0, I've got this ridiculously large, light-up frost giant uh, stand. Uh, but at least that's at least I know where my Avengers are. I've got those all really well organized on that. Um, you know that I paid extra to get that, so I've got ooh that extra because I did love the you know I I do love Infinity, but I got to get put up shelves. So I got my characters somewhere, um, so they're just sort of like littered on the floor by my television, and uh, I but I did so there doesn't seem to be any special advanced set so i'm not going to pre-order now but it is down to 65 yeah so uh i think that that's a wise move um because it's an awful lot especially when you're going the other canny move with that is you know that lego dimensions is going to be a hundred bucks yeah as a starter which by the way rumored uh that there's a simpson set found online and a portal set Mm. for lego dimensions so I don't know. It's just an awful lot of stuff to invest in, but I'm all for 3.0 because I've trusted Infinity so far. I've enjoyed it immensely. All the videos for Star Wars just look at everything I wanted from this Which, franchise. Which, and I say, I've been making the predictions because the first time I, I played a demo at Comic-Con, uh, I asked a guy whose name is lost to time. I purposely didn't remember what it was because I didn't want to get a kid in trouble. But, you know... I looked at it and went, oh, well, they own Marvel and Star Wars, so there's going to be Marvel. Just, they, they just they hadn't released Disney 1, Infinity 1. And no, when they announced that they had just bought. They um, just bought Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. And so I said, I said, oh, so basically you can pull in, you're going to pull in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, these to me are no surprises. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I will say, Disney might be occasionally ignorant of of what's popular or what's going to be, I mean, you know, I mean, I saw a report today that was like going, uh, that there was an investor's call yesterday at Disney and they said something about, well, you know, Big Hero 6 isn't, hasn't delivered quite as well as Frozen did. But the flip side is, they had no idea Frozen was going to become uh-huh. as huge as it did. Yeah. You know, it's still like the number one movie in, in, in Japan in 
history, you know, and Big Hero 6 is number two. What a disappointment. Reality yeah. is we can't keep hyping and, and topping. You just have to say, look, we have a baseline for success. This is the reasonable baseline for success because right. you're not going to get another Frozen. Right. No one's going to get – no one is going to get fired for making us boatloads of money if it isn't the biggest boatload of money. As long as you're making a boatloads of money. money, right? You know, we don't need a yeah, we don't need a cruise ship load. A yacht would be fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they might be ignorant of things like that, and things. Who would have known that Frozen was going to explode the way it did? Good movie, but even I was like, uh, really, it's not. You know, but it hit. Yeah. Um, and so the same thing is, they might be ignorant, but they but they're not stupid about capitalizing. Yeah, and uh, there's been some very interesting choices in in figures, and I'm still waiting for their Gravity Falls. Uh, I don't think there's any figures. I think there's just going to be. I think there's some discs that have it, but I, but I think you've bought more discs than I have. I really haven't. Yeah, I haven't bought that many discs of 2.0. Yeah. I, I'm mostly on the Marvel. You know, the, and, and let's diverge diverge a little bit. I, something I hope they will fix in 3.0 is the disc problem, um, because. There, yeah, you mentioned there was a sale at Toys R Us. Yeah, I was, I was in there. I bought Star Wars discs, and I walked away from the counter and walked for a little bit. Well, I, Marvel I, discs, Marvel discs. Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, I bought the Marvel discs for um for two point Rick is Rip, Rick Hunter, Time Master. He went forward a year and bought Star I Wars. I did. Discs. I did. No, it's almost that bad. Um, so I walked away from a little bit, and when I came back, there was a guy who had literally taken. All of the discs off of the off the spindles yeah. for the Disney originals, and just like dump them into a, a hand basket. And I said, "Oh, you, you took them all." I was going to. I was coming back to get a couple of those. He goes, "Well, I'm going to bring some back." And I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm just going to open them until I get the ones I need, and then I'm going to return the rest." And I was like, put off by that for a little bit, and then I realized something else. That is, those bags, you can actually put the discs on your on your set without taking them out of the bag, and they will register. So he can just take them home, find the rare ones, yeah. and return all the rest. And I know there's some that then will hoard that way, and, and that is and, fun. And the blind bag system services no fan well. It, it, it only services the people who are making making money off of this but or, that's not just discs i mean look I, at how I, many blind boxes and that's just swept the industry but you and, can't tell what's in the box you can't tell what's in that box the, these discs you can read through the bag right and just like and then they can just return with them and one get, there was a thing where you could feel through the bag and see if you had one of the rares because of the way the texture was but some of those yeah right so my plea is do not make them into three or four sets of discs that you just buy. Get yeah. rid of the stupid rarity thing and just just service the people who are lay, already laying down hundreds of dollars for each one of these releases. Don't be greedy and don't be stupidly greedy. And that's well, let's my add to the, plea to don't of the be week. Stupidly greedy because telling a company don't be greedy. Sorry, Rick. That one you're just not going to convince. But don't be stupidly greedy. Yeah. Because eventually there's a golden goose issue. Yeah, because I, I was almost or, like uh, this time. The golden goose. I'm sorry, it's killing the hen that lays the golden eggs. Right after all the all the all the trading and buying of the last couple mm-hmm. for the first 
first set for the 1.0 set, and I have all those discs. I'll tell you what the rares, all I did was I, I went to eBay and bought them. Yeah. Because I probably spent less spending 10 bucks per disc yeah. than I would have if Getting I Getting all those repeats. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a bag full of extras, and I, I've got, I still have nine discs on the Marvel side that I, I don't have. And I don't even know what I have because I haven't bought discs since it, for, it was the first week it came out. Yeah. So. Because I've played so little, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. That's, that's, that's a frustration I have. But I'm still excited about the release. So, if you are listening to us uh, on iTunes, please subscribe. Tell your friends uh, and rate us because that helps us go up uh, the little scale there on iTunes. You can also do the same on the Stitcher app if that's how you're listening to us. And Rick is looking at me expectantly like he has something to say. I want to ask the listeners, there is the potential of putting the podcast up on YouTube. That does not mean a video podcast. That means a audio podcast on YouTube. And I've been hearing from other podcasters that they are get, they're doing more and more of this. Hmm. So if, if that's an interest to you, write in and let us know. It's, it's a little bit more, more work to do. But it's not that much more work. And if it'd be easier on, for you to listen to this at work or put it into your queue of things to listen to on YouTube, on YouTube let us know and we can possibly do that well, for you. There you go. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, of course, you can also find the podcast still, uh, maybe not on YouTube, but definitely on www.fanboyplanet.com. Uh, and uh, while you're there, if there's something you've heard about on this podcast that you would like to purchase and you cannot find it at your local shop, please ha- use the handy-dandy Amazon links. I try to put up some that are that directly relate to what we've talked about, but there's still a, a search box that you can use. And uh, we get a slight kickback, very, very slight kickback uh, on that. Uh, somebody's been buying a lot of Blu-ray, di- blank Blu-ray discs. I suspect that might be Rick, uh, <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's a few pennies per per order, but the, it, it adds up, right? And uh, so look forward to that. And if you'd like to just donate directly to us through the PayPal uh, button that's there, we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism. Write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. We will hopefully be in your uh, listening device next week. Uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brettsnyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs> Fan.